This episode of Tinfoil Tales comes with a content warning and a reminder that this podcast is for mature audiences only. Unless I haven't been paying attention, man, the moon doesn't look normal. You keep the pressure on, correct? We stay until we win, is that right? At the moment, you're under arrest for incitement. You guys been following me? We're winning, folks. Okay, we're winning. We're pushing back the dark. You ask simply two questions to find a filthy Freemason demolay. Where did you go to school? Which primary school? Which high school? And who's your daddy? Welcome to Tinfoil Tales. I'm Sandy. And I'm Sauce. Aye, aye, me arties. Today we are coming to you from a tinny out on the bay. First up, it's time to talk about everyone's favourite sailor, Dave Guru Graham. We didn't have Guru on our priority list, to be honest. But now that poor old Guru actually believes he's already a federal senator, we thought, well, why not? Let's jump down this rabbit hole and see what we find. I think we know what we're going to find, Sandy. I think Uh we know. (laughs) So just who is Dave Guru Graham and how has he ended up as the self-proclaimed leader of the freedom movement in Australia? Well, back in late 2019, Guru's Facebook page looked like most other people's. There were some posts about local issues, local sports results, a few about the weather. But every now and then, one would pop up about Big Pharma or the government being corrupt. Then in January 2020, a post about Agenda 21, and we're off to the races. In February, posts started to appear about China, 5G, and the pedophiles. But something strange happens in March and April of 2020. Guru puts up some posts about COVID, not saying it's a scandemic, instead sharing something else. Posts telling people to stay safe promoting a local manufacturer of face shields. And at Easter, he posted about people from lockdown Sydney areas travelling to the coast. Hmm. June rolls around and we get our first sighting of the familiar where we go one, we go all hashtag. And in July, he posts a mem, that's meme, but he calls them mems, (laughs) that says, Your money is fake. Your food and water are being poisoned. All these wars are based on lies. Your country is being run by a bunch of pedophiles and you're too distracted by bullshit to do anything about it. In August, it's Hillary Clinton. And on and on it goes. Guru actually has a bunch of different Facebook profiles, so following chronologically was pretty hard to do, actually, um, because there's a lot of breaks in the content. But it's safe to say that his profiles ended up being 100% conspiracy-based. So we're going to fast forward through Pizzagate, through Trump and Epstein Island, because we've heard it all before. What we're going to take a look at is the genesis of the Guru persona. Let's go to a caller. Uh, Right now we have... Guru calling in, and he is in a. Let's let's get Guru on the. Uh, Jess, do you mind if we take a call? Would you mind? Okay, here we go. No, 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 no. Go ahead, uh, Guru. Thank you for uh, joining America or Live. Uh, you're with Jazz Pop, and uh, you're truly here, Dean Ryan. How how are you tonight? Where are you calling from? Okay, Dean. I'm in Australia, Wollongong, Wollongong, New South Wales, Australia. 
Okay. Um, we're following you guys intently over here, mate, because obviously what happens around the world happens with us. Apart from that, I'm a... I'm what you call a spirit-filled Christian, so this is a fight between good and evil, I think, as we all sort of know. Interesting. Um, but, yeah, we got um, a bit of intel today, Dean. i got a mate that me that are going to try live tonight, actually, and see how we go, having an open discussion with some people. Go but, um, can I Can I mention some things that we think might be right? And if you just, you know, let us know whether you think we are or we're not. A- absolutely. Is, uh, go right ahead. Okay, so... Today, found out maybe, well, this is what we, we're feeling, is that actually China, India, USA, and um, and uh, oh, what's the other one? The, Taiwan mm-hmm. are all in cahoots. The, the reason we've got military at the Mexican border from China and military at the Canadian border from China is because... Um, we're going to take down China and uh, cheese on our side. So I hear he's a white hat. He's taken down all the people that are loyalists to the CCP. And one easy way to do that is take them down while their military is out doing things that they probably, everyone thinks that they're here to start a war, but they're actually being planted here. So there's no military in China. Could that okay. be possible? All right. Hold on a minute. And, and, and I, uh, Guru, I don't mean to be... Um I think the, the more mo- the more movement you have on on, on your uh, earbuds, the more static we're getting. Uh, just to let you know, but let me just try to um, let me just try to put this in context. And, and Jazz, feel yep. free to uh, just jump in here too, if if need be. So that's the first appearance of Guru. He's wearing high vis, walking around the garden, and at one point he signals excitedly to someone who I assume is male off camera, and he is so excited to actually be talking to Dean Ryan. I also let that snip go just a bit longer than you indicated, Sauce, to capture the crappy sound quality he had. You see, the deep state was clearly hammering him back then too, apparently. <laughs> anyway, he's told this origin story so many times, but why wasn't he on the boat? Yeah, he does end up on the boat, but I always thought he was on the boat from the start, but he kind of wasn't. I know a lot of people have spoken about Guru's sudden Christianity, but he references this as a spiritual war even during this interview and talks here about his parents' beliefs. This clip's from January 2021, so it isn't a new thing, and neither is talk of false flags with both Port Arthur and the Sydney siege getting the treatment here from Dean Ryan. Okay, so wait a minute. Um, Now, you're saying Xi Jinping's behind this, correct? I'm saying Xi Jinping's one of the White Hats, yep. Okay, I've heard that he was a potential white hat uh, ages ago. Yep. Yep. Now, let me, let me get this straight, too. And Taiwan is behind this um, maneuver. Taiwan's, well. in, Taiwan's in with the four because Taiwan's the one that have screwed China as well, you know? Really? Okay, so this is epic. Wow. Okay, so. And, and, Chi, and they're saying that Xi is, is all for it. He's cool. Taiwan can take over. You know, we want to get a, de- a democracy back in, in China for the people. Okay, now let me ask you this question. Yeah. This piece of information that you're getting, did you hear it from a, a certain intel organization or is it in the news? Because, I mean, I remember the whole – there's a lot of things in, in Australian news that doesn't necessarily make it back here to the States. Yeah, no. So our mainstream media is as much – excuse my French, Dean, but as much bullshit as what you've got over there, mate. You can't believe it. You know, I had a conversation with my parents the other day. My parents are totally brainwashed. Now, these are Christian right. people, been Christian people all their life. They believe what I'm saying about prophecy and this, that, and the other, what's mm-hmm. going to happen. I prove I'm right every three days by it coming true. 
but they still sit down in front of a six o'clock news and then they doubt me and start to believe the news because we've been fooled for that many years, man. Well, Everyone's kind of, blindfolded. No, that's kind of been the complacement of the Australians. You know, I have a lot of family down there. And yeah. uh, I mean, you, they were so complacent. They gave up their guns after the port. Uh, <laughs> Arthur. I, mean, I don't like guns. I don't have guns. But yeah, everyone has a right to have what they want to have. Mean, in this the world. the, the, the uh, Sydney hostage siege. I was there for that. I, I went yeah. to air as soon as that happened. I mean, you, you're in case people don't know, we're led to believe that uh, this gentlemen of the the arab nations was just walking around freely throughout australia with a rifle and he just happened to pull this event across the street from the australian broadcasting system that they just were filming <laughs> yeah it just <laughs> happens doesn't it coincidence like Not gibbs doesn't believe but they'll yeah. believe that but they won't believe you know that uh you know stuff we're saying but okay so just to recap so dean invited guru to send an email and a star was born oh god i know if only did right <laughs> Damn you, Dean Ryan. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, he's responsible for all of this, <laughs> Correct. Uh, just a quick clip on Dean Ryan, host of Real Deal Media, so that you get the lay of the land. So Dean is just one of many in the space. He runs a Facebook show that has a variety of people all trying to outdo each other with wacky, scary stuff. So here's another fringe theory. Back, this one's going to be cringe theory. This is cringe. I'm, I'm, I'm going the extra mile here. I believe that we are fighting a reptilian class that has uh, literally been devouring humans for quite some time. And if you saw my makeshift little podium here, it, it would be uh, so embarrassing, but we're not going to do that. Uh, anyways. Uh, that they are they're devouring the human class and the fact that people are waking up to this solely on the fact of david ike's books has has accelerated their, their agenda to extinct us because now we're awakening and, and they don't have that they have enough people that they want to devour. They there's no longer need us to, uh, living in harmony they've betrayed us now there is a war because of this in the Middle Earth that goes all the way down. So we are fighting these reptilians that live amongst us, yes, but really stem from the core center of the Earth. So that is my cringe theory that I'm, I'm as I throw myself again to the wolves publicly. And by the way, I understand this is all blackmail against me in the future if I want anything of prestige, but I don't care. So Guru became a little bit of a regular, real deals man in the outback, and he regurgitated a bunch of stuff he's heard on other shows from America, along with some local intel. So what this tells you is that we're actually not owned. I'll just go to another tab here. We're actually not owned by, um, by Australia. We are no longer, um, you know, Australia. We, we're, we're set up. And I'm just going to tell you, because I'm blown out, right? We're set up so that we're ruled by America. You own the patents to our emblems, right? Our coat of arms and that. They're all registered over there in America. Mm -hmm. um, the Queen, right? The Queen is actually registered to the right of province of Alberta, right? Alberta Investment Management Corp. And I've got the CIK number here for anyone that would like to look that up. So actually the Queen, she's registered in Alberta, right? 
And then over here in Australia, I can't see them too good doing, but yeah, that's showing people what's going on. Over here in Australia, we are obviously under the Chinese regime. We have we have already like leased out the port right up the top of Australia at Darwin for 99 years to the Chinese. Okay, we are selling land like it's going out of fashion to the Chinese. The Chinese are buying up all our real estate. This has been happening for years, Dean. Okay. Wait. At the start, he said we were ruled by America, but then he said we were owned by the Chinese. That's a complicated arrangement. What I love about these shows is everyone just nods along and agrees with everything that he says. I've included this one just so people understand the role that he played on Dean's show back at the start. He wasn't the star. In fact, he is referred on screen as Real Deal Media fan favourite. Hello out there, Real Deal Media fans. This is the uh, one-year anniversary show for Dean and the team. And this is your little guru, Aussie Insider here. And uh, I've um, come prepared. I've got my convict stripes on because that's where my family come from. We come from back where Lisa is. And, yeah, we got shafted over this way. But we we're pretty happy about that. We, we like it out here. So I got that. I got my hat. This is what we use over here when we were, you know, young young tuckers. And we never had proper hats. We used to get a hanky and wet it. And we, that's what we've used in our head in summer. I've got... Uh, Things here like my Vegemite, my beer, my chips. So over here we dip chips in Vegemite, drink beer. That's what we do. And um, these things maybe, a little protection from the drop bear or two. You never know what's happening when you walk out here. we got the seven deadliest animals in the world over here. So what we're going to do tonight is um, we're going to do a couple of stories from Australia, uh, yeah, and see what's been happening over here and, a couple of far-out tales that uh, maybe you people over there don't know about. So I'll be back and we'll hop into a bit of Australian Outback Mystery. Guru, the little insider from Down Under, is going to finish off with a bit of something for you uh, Americans over there or whoever else is watching around the world about uh, a drop bear. You thought I was mucking around, didn't you? Okay. You know, a little drop bear, hanky, saves a bit of the head. Well... Here we go. Scientific name, Thylatos plumitus. Okay, so there it is, Thylacrus plumitus. So the drop bear legend tells of a large arboreal predatory marsupial related to the koala that drops on its prey. You get the gist. That's a bit embarrassing, hey? (laughs) It is. At the end of July 2021, they actually caught a visit from the cops while they were doing one of their segments. They spent about 15 minutes over-dramatizing that Guru was being arrested, the brown shirts were at the door, but it wasn't an arrest. It was just the cops door-knocking people in Sydney about an upcoming protest. Okay, so this is live right now. Uh, we were going to be doing a uh, real deal before party, and uh, we have Guru, who is... Um, going to be joining us. I'm here with Lisa Duffy, producer of here uh, at Real Deal Media. I'm Dean Ryan, of course. Now, Guru is not on screen. And if you're asking yourself, why is he not on screen? Well, the cops came to his door and they're there right now. And we uh, suspected them jamming his internet and Wi-Fi just as we were doing a sound test to go live here. 
and we actually pushed the time back. But now he said they're at the door and they're watching him closely. And Lisa, I told him that uh, Guru, they're watching you right now. I mean, we see what they're doing to the uh, quote dissidents or protesters. They have teams of like brown shirts going around tackling everyone. And here we are uh, live. Uh, we're now altering the show and we're trying to get a camera and to see what the hell is going on at Guru's front door right now, Lisa. I mean, yeah, I, no, I, they've got no reason to be at his front door. Yeah, what a spectacle this has uh, turned out to be. Apparently, um, they turned up yesterday as well. Another guest pops up on Dean Ryan's show, a guy called Pat King from Canada. He's a rambunctious guy who is perpetually outraged by everything, and Guru develops a man crush pretty quickly. In August, they team up to do a show that's chock-a-block full of nonsense and fear porn around Melbourne lockdowns and how they relate to the Great Reset. Ladies and gentlemen, this COVID thing, it's a mind psychological warfare. And it's playing on the minds of the innocent and the weak. And what they're doing is setting up for the Agenda 2030 game plan, which is what they've had in the runs and in the mix for the last 50, 60 years. They've been getting ready to set this, set this in motion. Now you're seeing it. It's taking fruition now. It, it is starting to come together. They're using innocent countries such as Australia because they know you can't leave. You're on an island. So they're going to do whatever they can to you guys. They're going to push and push and push and push until you can't push anymore. And what they want is they want you guys to start shooting. They want you guys to start fighting. They want you to start rioting in the streets. So then they can bring their military like they already are, but they want to bring their military in force. And they're going to put you in isolated communities with limited communication and limited resources. And you guys are going to live like basically like the movie, The Hunger Games. You're going to have your own little districts and you're going to live in this absolute dystopian, yep. dystopian like world. You're not even going to recognize what's going to happen. Unfortunately for Australia is they are pushing back. Some of you are. And hats off to you for doing that. You need to push back. You need to fight. You need to stand up. You need to stop letting them walk all over you. We say it here in Canada, and we think you Aussies are just a bunch of rough and tough prisoners from back in the day. We think you guys are the toughest groups out there. What happened? Start pushing. Start standing up. Start hitting back. The video takes a turn for the worst in the most disgusting way. They show a map of Australia with images of Jewish people from World War II. It makes me so angry when they compare having to stay inside during lockdown to the Holocaust, and it's something they still do today. But another thing is mentioned for the first time. Guru talks about truckies. The timing of this is important. Back in our very first episode, we spoke about a meeting that we know happened around the same time. This meeting was offline but we have been able to work out a few of the people who were there, or we assume who were there. Danny Searle, Lumpa, Guru, Luke Simpson, Mike Sims, Romeo Georges, Cindy Roberts, and people from other common law groups. This group met to discuss a plan to take back all Parliament House, a plan that was derailed by Cindy when she went to Canberra earlier than agreed. But back to Guru. In September of 2021, a few things happened. Firstly, Dean Ryan did a segment on the 28 names, which might seem a little bit weird. But then Guru attended Karen Brewer Day. Uh, Karen Brewer Day, that famous day. It always loops back to Kaz. Her influence on this movement can't be undersold. Sure, she ends up fighting with them all, but at some point they were all under her maniacal spell. Wow. 
<laughs> that was me being like maniacal because okay. you know Kaz just is. It was good. <laughs> the really big thing that happened though brought some other people into Guru's orbit. They are out there, folks. This is not a game anymore. Okay, and whether this whether this gets me whacked or this doesn't get me whacked, we all need to get out and stand with the people in frigging Melbourne and get beside them. Everybody. Okay, everybody. These guys are starting to stand for us now, right? The first people that have. The truckies give it a go, but it wasn't, you know, I'm not having a dig at the truckies, okay? This is big, okay? We are fighting something bigger than just tyrannical governments. This is evil, okay? And for the folks that are awake, you know it is evil, okay? So, people, we need to get together, okay? We really do need to get together. We need to stand behind the people that are in the streets at the moment and we need to start doing it in our own collective towns, okay? Because if we don't, okay, we've predicted and we've told you what is going to happen. We have not been wrong. Everything this show has put out there, everything that I have put out there on my shows, we have been spot on. We told you what's coming. You're still asleep. You're still sitting back there thinking you're okay. Why is everyone in Australia that's had a double vac still locked in their house? Why have the restaurateurs that have had the double vac still got to close business? This is not about a V-I-R-U-S, okay? It's not, folks. Wake up. Wake up. This is about the CCP taking our land. Okay, we are about to use our land rights. They are about to put them into an electronic bank. And I am guarantee you, unless you claim it, it will be gone. It won't be there for your kids. The European pension funds are empty. How much information do we have to sit here and frigging give you people before you actually realise where we are? Graham. Dave, you know... The you're using you're using very powerful language there, and I've I've got to I've got to actually um, I've got to actually call you on that a little bit because okay. I I really appreciate what you're doing, but I've got to tell you there's a difference between uh, uh, protest and violence, and I don't want to use any rhetoric that's going to in, in, entice people no. into violence, um, no. and and I don't want to go down any other rabbit holes either. But my my own position is strictly about uh, bringing back the spirit of Australia. Because yep. it's the spirit of Australia that will unlock the the power that's needed, uh, and no, it's not the spirit of Australia; it's the spirit of God. So, Hoodie checked Guru during their very first interaction. He did, and you have to wonder if that stuck with Guru. I mean, this was Guru's show, and he's just been pulled into line by a guest. <laughs> yeah, Hoodie also spoke about setting up a leadership alliance too with himself, John Larder, and Christian Mack, but no invite to Guru, so that would have grated on him a bit too. I want to say this again, that the best way to destroy your enemy is to make him your friend. Uh, and, you know, and I also come up with a saying years ago when I saw my wife forgive the man who molested her for six years when she was a kid, that grace and evil can't live in the same room and evil's always the first to leave. I mentioned my porn addiction when I did my rant and I've mentioned it since because I want people to know that I'm not some superhuman. I'm an, I'm an empty vessel like a lot of people. I've, I've made a lot of mistakes. And if people are going to follow me in any way, you're not following some kind of guru. You're not following some kind of hero. Ouch. A genuine, humble Australian man that's given up his job now, okay, to actually speak the word of truth. 
okay, from a Christian perspective as also, which I love. But, Graham, I'll tell you, the funny thing is most of the people that are in this game that we're in, mate, have a belief in, in the Lord, okay? That's just simple, man, all the people I meet, okay? So that's a good thing, okay? That tells us that we're on the right team, okay, and, and we're batting for the right side, mate. Now, who I do feel sorry for is these other people out there and, you know, people call them sheeples or whatever, but I do worry and I do care about them people. I have nothing against them people, okay? Believe me, I try to look at this, Graham, like it was a, a giant IQ test. And sorry, but some of the most intelligent people I know missed the IQ test, okay? Nah. You, no, sir, no. No. no, don't agree? No. No. What, do you, what do you think? Let's finish up on no. what, what you think on it. Mate, when Correct. we start when we start applying labels like that to people, we're we're right. we're going we're going yeah. down the wrong way again. Everybody's yeah. entitled to make their decision, mate. I, yeah. I know your passion. Yeah. I, I'm sorry. Look, if people are calling me to be some kind of leader, which I don't feel equipped to do, I have to speak the truth when I when yeah. I feel that way. Yeah, and so, yeah, that's what it's about. You know, yeah. when, when we say people are lacking in IQ, we're insulting them and we're turning them away. You know. We, we can't. Oh, it's easy to fall into that trap. I used to. I've got a sign yeah. down my driveway that says no judgment beyond this point. And, 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 and you know, what? I'm, yeah. I'm, just, I'm just as broken as anybody else and my IQ is yeah. no higher than anybody else's. So I'm sorry, okay, Dave. That's probably, yeah, no, that's probably bad terminology, but that's a way, <laughs> you know, we do talk about it and look at it around this household here, you know what I mean? So, yeah, if I've offended anyone, not meant to do that. But There's that a lot of people that... There's a lot of people that say I've lost my marbles too, and and yeah. you know that you know, and, and they may they may be right. I don't know. All I know is that we're not going to get we're not going to get anywhere as a nation if we start dividing from one side to another. And uh, yeah. I want to I want to bring the walls down. That's that's what I want to do. And I think I think most okay. Aussies want want us to do that. And and I'm saying that to you with love. Yeah, I, because- I take it, brother. That's cool. So they actually finished off the chat on good terms. But if there's one thing we know about Guru, he stews on stuff and then he stews a little bit more. And I reckon we saw the outcome of that at Epic. Over the next few months, a lot of posted lives appear on Guru's accounts about GovCo, the name some common law believers give the corporation. He has a series of lives with a guy called Tane, who currently appears alongside Derek Balog. They talk about grand juries, about standing in your sovereignty. He even has a session with Lumpa and Tane to talk about Indigenous sovereignty. Again, this is just after that meeting we keep referencing with a group intent on taking Australia back. At the start of December, Lance Brown, another person that is critical to the success of Epic, appears on a live and in a sign of things to come, he is critical of Craig Kelly, but he's also not sure about someone else. I'm sure you can, but... You know, let's start the conversation, guys, um, because we haven't had much to live up to at the moment, have we? We've, um, you know, we thought we had some people out there were batting for us and we thought the Australian people thought they, you know, they had a few entities, you know, or what do I call them, entities, you know, or parties or whatever that were, were out there that said, look, we're going to look after you, we'll do this, we'll do that. And, and guess what, folks, I'm not going to bag people out and throw it all out there because you people know, you know, if you're watching this, you obviously know, um, you know, what's been said about these people. So, you know, Mr. Kelly and Mr. Palmer obviously, you know, have, have sold us down the line, folks, and I'm, I'm not, you know, afraid to say that. Obviously, um, yeah, Clive's never going to change his, um, his view. He's, he's a businessman that um, likes raping the country and it's going to stay that way. 
I um, there's rumours out there about Ricardo Bossi. I'm not going to say a thing. I haven't vetted anything. But again, that just gives me disillusion in you know another party that I thought was out there actually fighting for it. You know. Then on December 29, Dean Ryan posts that Guru and Mel are no longer affiliated with Real Deal Media. Dean Ryan claims that Guru may have been drug affected and that Mel accessed files and deleted a whole heap of stuff. Guru says they dropped him because of his lack of personal grooming. His relationship with Dean Ryan really set him up. Just a year before, he was a super fan and now he has enough of a following that he can do a regular show to a committed audience and he's made contacts in the US. How are you folks? Australia Day. We're, uh... <coughs> We're just having a little bit of a play around on the ocean here today. <coughs> but, uh, yeah, what I'd like to say to you folks is uh, maybe you've seen what's going on in Canada with my mate Pat King, and if you haven't, you need to go and have a look at my um, Stop the Rod or Dave Graham or go to the real Patrick King. Um, I want you to send you his other Facebook page. Have a look at what they're doing over there in Canada, folks, okay? They are ripping, mate. I'll, I'll see if I can get on with Pat later. We were trying to do a stream with me and him and Romeo, but I'll see how I go there. But, um, yeah, folks, this is Australia, and this is what Australia should be about, okay? This is the type of thing we should be doing. Yeah. Out here, enjoying whatever we like to do. And not being told that we can't do it, or to do it, we must have this, or we must have that, or whatever else, so... Folks, like, like we've done, we've done a few streams. Thanks to everyone that shared it around. All right, we got out to over 70,000 people. I think it's up to about 75,000 now on the kids, folks. Okay, so that's what it's all about. So Pat and that, are, they're going off over in Canada. Okay, and they have got about 600,000. I'm telling you, man, they've got half a million trucks rocking into Ottawa to lock the place up until they get some action. So I'm just asking Australia, what are we doing here? What are we doing? That was Australia Day 2022. The tyranny on display in that video is next level. A yacht out on the ocean. You hear Mal talk about a pod of dolphins. Oh, it's so <laughs> hard. I can see why they needed to take Australia back. I mean, God, imagine having to live like that. <laughs> Terrible. No wonder he wanted everyone to live in their cars for the next year. And half a million trucks rolling into Ottawa. Sure, Dave. Then on January 29. Ryan Harder and Jim Greer appear with Guru. At this stage, Jim has already left Western Australia. This is really the start of the convoy to Canberra, where Guru leeches onto Jim's plans to come to Canberra. They also declare themselves sovereign living beings and that the corporation, which they clarify as United Australia Party, are not welcome. Okay, this isn't an episode on Canberra. In fact, to be honest, it was difficult to write this episode. As there isn't really an angle on Guru, you've kind of seen all there is. He shows us five nights a week exactly who he is. What we've tried to do is show his origin story, a story of connections. He calls Dean Ryan, who likes his ochre charm and gives him more airtime. From Dean, he is introduced to Pat King, who plants a seed of a convoy. Through Romeo George's, he connects with the Harder Brothers and Jim Greer, and all of a sudden, he's the face of the Canberra protests. But the thing that's more interesting about Guru is his paper-thin skin. Remember that interview with Hoodie when he checked Guru's aggressive language? How much of that interview affected what happened in Canberra? 
And did the heroes welcome Jim received when he drove into the library camping ground annoy Guru just enough to make sure all the rallies were then held in areas that Jim couldn't attend because of his bail conditions? He didn't help Jim at all when he was arrested. No, he really didn't. What we do know is that Guru saw Camp Epic as his personal compound. He controlled everything that happened there and he got more and more agitated and hyped as the days went by. So yeah, folks, so we're coming back because there's been a little bit of unrest and I just want to be there in the morning to like, you know, Look, talk to you. Yeah. This morning, do you want to stay out in the open like that and be unsafe, really? Well, yeah. Well, Look, we could be, folks, because look, we're trying to do something here, which is um, Fairburn Avenue, which is actually, you know, dissolve our government, because that's what we need to do. That's a dog. Okay, yeah. No, what is it? It's a, a, a jury, jury. Right? Oh, it's a kangaroo. Oh, yeah. You're done. So anyway, yeah, like, that's what we're here, folks. So, you know, the thing today was that, you know, some people, like, hooked in with the UAP, you know what I mean? And they, um, you know, went and sort of sold you out, guys. All right? So, no, just pull over somewhere, darling. Yeah, I can't see, darling. Okay. Yeah, just pull over, right? It's just okay. fogged out, that's all. So pull over, put your GPS on. Right, we just put a GPS on, folks, because we don't really know where we are. We left the motel, took a, took a wrong turn. So it's Mel and Dave, right, Guru? And we're just coming back, yeah, to base camp now, okay? Because, um, it's night time. All right. Who's awake? Okay, social media seems to be com compromised. So, that doesn't matter, Don. So, yeah, it sounds like um, our social media, I don't know who that message has come from, but I think it was related to me because someone's seen me on, that our social media has been compromised again. So, so anyway. our phones. <laughs> So about phones, folks, I so can tell you. What's different? The AFP are listening to these phones all the time. So we know that. <clears throat> but anyway, that's where we are, guys. We're in this war, okay? And if if you if you listen out there and um, what's Craig Kelly doing here? That's a really good fucking question, bloke. I didn't invite him, mate, I can tell you, okay? This is filmed in Mel's car. In fact, it starts with Guru telling her she needs air in the tyre and her response was, well, they shot it. They also think that the police are listening to them through their GPS. But it shows how fragile Guru is. He has been away from camp for a few days. They didn't sleep there much. They just showed up to do the morning and afternoon talks and that was pretty much it. But people are getting a bit restless so they come back at 1am to try to restore their power. I'll tell you right now, Hoodie and the UAP <coughs> and Larder and, you know, Mac and all their shills. You got a big sound system, folks. They're putting it to the bottom of the hill to try and blow us away so we can't be heard. They've took, they've took the people's spot at the bottom of the hill and just railroaded it. You know, they're trying to... All these big corporates, mate, they're trying to beat the little old concreter from Wollongong and the power of the people, folks, and guess what? They can't do it. These lives become more and more frequent, just chipping away at Hoodie, UAP, Lata, Christian Mac. He even splits the camp into two parts. The top camp is where the Victorians are led by Harrison and Billy and he segregates them from the rest of the group. Quarter past one and the cops were coming to evict us at 12 o'clock. They're fucking lying again, them bastards. Okay. Where are you from, sir? Hi, mate. Yeah, Tyree, New South Wales, just south of Grafton. 
where uh, Graham Hood lives. And I'm here for you, I'm here for Graham Hood because he's my inspiration and I yeah. love him and that's why I'm here. He cool. uh, he put a message out for four days before we arrived yeah. and um, and that gave me the the movement to, to get down here. So cool. I love him. Yeah. And, uh, hey, yeah. No problem. As I he's said, you've man. heard you've heard what I said to Hoodie tonight. I read it out and that's probably yeah. why your yeah. mate was over there talking to you at that particular time after I read that maybe. But Listen, I love Graham too. That's why I done what I done. You yeah. know what I mean? Because we we're, we're playing, way. guys. Look how we get psyched. Friends, I can't even get on my own microphone. Everyone will. You know, me and Bossy are yeah. standing there with a live microphone. It's, Bossy, I'm talking and someone turns it off on us. Yeah, but you 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 read out text messages 10, 20 minutes ago from Graham Hood, yeah. and you were perhaps you were insulting him. And, well, uh, I wasn't insulting him. I was telling him straight how it is. Yeah, and if I didn't love him, I wouldn't do that. Yeah. I'd let him sink further. But he's been coerced by a bad agent. Yeah. And he's a lovely guy. He's come from flying an aeroplane. If I got in the left-hand side, let's just say this, folks. If I got in the left-hand side of a Boeing, all right, and then Hoodie stood there and he said to me, righto, fly it. Yeah. I'd have a bit of trouble. That's what Ricardo Bosi said. Well, it's just like, yeah, exactly right. Who's yeah. going to I, just, I couldn't do that. But, you know but to mean? crucify a man that doesn't have a hidden agenda or a financial incentive. Ah, no, so but I haven't crucified him. I've told him straight by private message, private, mind you, yeah, not but public. Don't, but don't come to this circle well, and, and I'm read just out giving, text messages. Well, and I'm, well if you don't like that, in, oh, listen, it's all going to come out. I didn't crucify him. I showed you. <laughs> but you were speaking derogatory to, towards him. Yeah, so I think I we, all, no, we all need okay. to come together. We, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I don't think it was derogatory, but we'll, we can debate that. Yeah. I think it was straight, and if, as I said, yeah, if I if I didn't do it, I wouldn't love the guy because yeah. he's he's been surrounded by bad agents, he's been sucked in, and he needs to learn. You know what I mean? Like I had to let you people learn to walk in there and learn that this is what they done with your stage. They took it off us. They got Craig Kelly to pay ten thousand dollars for a stage and bring it down here to to beat the people. In this example, he argued the point for another four or five minutes. Didn't matter what the other people said. Hoodie was wrong and he and Bosey were the only people that could be trusted. The other person orbiting Guru at this time is Johnny Q, who aligned himself with Jim Greer and Luke Hainsworth when he got to Canberra. Luke was acting as Guru's bodyguard of sorts, as they are from the same area around Wollongong. Johnny starts to work out that Guru isn't really interested in Jim and that he seems more interested in getting his face on as many lives as possible. And it's kind of bothering him a bit. And it keeps bothering him, even after they're evicted from Epic. You don't have a shit. You're fucking liable. And I'll call you out on many of occasions. And I'm sick of seeing you on stage again. So, since you threatened me last night, and uh, twice, uh, I've got the proof of that, and I've come here, he said, come on my boat. And I said, no, Guru, I'm not going to come on your boat. I'm going to stand on the land because we all want L-O-R-E, law of the land, Guru, not admiralty law, Guru, where you are on your boat, sunshine. So, the way it works here, brother, is that when you fucking threaten the man and that man wants to fucking stand up to you, you get on the fucking land like a man and put your fucking fist up your weak cup. 
So this late night visit to the harbour results in this confrontation back in Canberra. The Victorian State Police Force and the New South Wales State Police Force, which were heavily involved in what seemed to be an American marketplace, even in the early 1980s. This was a, a new marketplace in the country in the 1980s. Then in April of 2022, Dean Ryan gets his revenge via a live called The Guru Deception, Australia's Informant Within. Welcome to a Real Deal Media special report. I'm Dean Ryan, and tonight we're going to get into the inner depths of an investigative piece that Real Deal Media has been consistently looking into over the course of the past several months. It's of a personal nature with uh, personal reasons. We have kept this under wraps, but now we are ready to unwrap it, as they say. Many remember uh, the powerful character that was uh, Guru that graced the stage here uh, with his presence over the course of 2021. But if you remember that character, well, you might have also remembered the character change in, in the persona that uh, was him as the year came to a close, which, boy, did it ever come to a close, and it didn't end well. I have to say I loved it when this went down. The Dean Ryan and the guru deception, oh, my gosh, there were so many of us just glued to it. We were posting about it. We were talking about it. It was quite amazing. So while that's playing, they're showing images of Guru continually just like wiping his nose and just generally looking like shit. They all um, did, to be honest, but yeah. <laughs> right. But they really have they really ham it up. They really ham it up. Yeah. The first guest on the show is Luke Hainsworth, who has known Guru for a while and, like I said, was acting as his bodyguard of sorts while they were in Canberra. Now you're getting there and now what happens? Does does he now take the lead? From day one. I was there as a bodyguard, but, um, you know, I've done been a paid public speaker before, things like that. I could have got up there and grabbed the mic too. It was just like a dead set ego fest like you would not believe. You know, Dave and I actually come to blows over over, over um, something, and but they realised that I wasn't going to compromise on my values. You said you almost came to blows with Guru, and I, I want to I touch on that because – what I noticed from my end is he started getting very aggressive towards me. He's a bad bully. He bullies everybody. Right. And it got to the point where we were sitting down late at night and he actually spoke, was yelling down at me, but, and then stood and I stood up and yes, this is a bit egotistical or whatever, but these are my exact words. I said, guru back up, dude. I said, nobody is walking around that hasn't hit the ground after they spoke to me like that. It's only that I've got God in my life and that I've changed man, that I've got enough patience to have copped mm -hmm. it this far. I said, pull the up. Right, and um, right, right, then right, right. Mel grabbed me and, you know, I'm, I'm a good guy. I don't want to – plus Dave's a 50-year-old. Sure. I, I could lick Dave and he'd break, you know. And by now I've, mm -hmm. I started to cotton on to that. They were smoking um, ice. and Mel knew 10 days before that happened that, that the police stormed the Epic Centre in Canberra, that that was the end date. Of course, that clip that you posted on the night was used, Sandy. Uh, that was that remains one of the, the sneakiest and best posts of all time. Guru scoring live was <laughs> just peak. Oh, man, I just got caught. I'm going to get live. 
Christmas. Don't want you to get back. No, nah, that was choice, man. But tomorrow night, mm. you reckon I could have like a double dose? Because I'm having right. a really easy day before Parliament. Yeah. And so I'm just going to relax tomorrow. So I might even do. I should do that tomorrow. Right. So now, you, now your mind's open with yeah. that anyway. With that little dose, I can, I can sort you. Cool. No, that was nice drink. There was a nice drink, bro. Nice drop. I liked it. The other guest was Jim Greer, who got the chance to set the record straight on how the convoy happened. As we mentioned above, Jim is connected to the people from Makata Camp, and it was them who asked him to come to Canberra and to try to bring some people with him. This was the same time as the Ottawa convoy, so that made sense. Jimmy ended up getting arrested. Um, we have some evidence that uh, points to Guru being the actual, actually the one that dubbed him in, which makes sense because he's done, as we can see now in hindsight, he's done everything he can to kick anybody else out of there that retaining some limelight. This is where we are going to put a disclaimer around things that were said in this live. Luke states that Jim Greer had already left by the infamous night when they asked for money to buy the land. We know this isn't true, so please apply a pinch of salt to all of this. Yeah, when, when, when I met Guru, it was just um, a guy that seemed overexcited, very happy to be going up on stage, talking to people, saying, look at what's going on, we've won this already, etc., etc." Uh, lots of excitement. Uh, then he'd go on stage, then he'd come back off and he'd be excited again and, and pretty much had a lot of hot wind. And um, all we've got to do is stay here and stand our ground. And, you know, every second night they were off to hotels and things. So I don't really know what was going on there. But We still see the same behaviour with Guru now. It was just a couple of months ago that Guru headed down for the daily GG yelling match and he couldn't help himself. He had to kick something off with Dee and Jane who are there regularly and have both contributed food and in Dee's case has even opened her front door and let some of them stay there from time to time. Guru called them infiltrators based on no evidence at all. Again though, it's just about division with Guru. He can't have strength anywhere as he believes it diminishes the control exerted by himself and Ricardo. And he got what he wanted. There are now two distinct groups in Canberra, those aligned to Bozy and the rest. Even the chat on the YouTube channel for the GGs is 100% supportive of Guru and Bosi. If you dissent, they block you. It is so well curated now, it's actually iconic. We've heard him kick off continually at Hoodie, Lartar, Christian Mack, Tricky, Dave on Eggs. Anyone who has a profile who is moderate in their views, well, more moderate than an evil cabal, Putin snake, Venom in the water, but (laughs) he just can't have it. They really have built a bit of a cult around BOSI, haven't they? The messages are controlled. Guru is the wild man who revs things up, who gets the viewers onto the live stream five nights a week. And Ricardo is the benevolent leader who sweeps in from time to time to anoint his people. Picture this, a black suit black hair, high cheekbones, a red handkerchief in the suit pocket, and a tricycle. Think Jigsaw vibes. Jigsaw without the trike, the voice, the creep factor. That's retired Lieutenant Colonel Ricardo Bosi. And where do we even start with Ricardo? His dad, his history in the armed forces, his politics and his QAnon beliefs and love for Trump? All right, let's go in that order, shall we? 
Commandator Giuseppe Giulio Luigi Pino Bossi AM. I have a really bad accent, and that is supposed to be Italian. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, moving on. Father of Riccardo Bossi is worth mentioning. This man was actually really, really accomplished. He wore many hats, not the coloured hats that Ricardo speaks of, but he was a writer, journalist, radio presenter and sat on committees representing Italian immigrants in Australia. Pino was made a Knight Commander of the Italian Republic and was awarded the Jubilee Medal and made a member of the Australian Order. He also received a peace commendation from the United Nations Association of Australia and studied in Italian, French, English and Latin literature. Quite somebody for Bosi to aspire to. Mm. He was an inspirational speaker who wrote poems and stories about life in Australia. In fact, I found an excerpt of a book of his in an old newspaper where he talked about Australian women being, and I quote, a delicious dish, but, well too easy. (laughs) That man is fascinating and appears to have been very well respected by his family members whose socials have him praised and adored. Now there has been some word of possible mafia connections but that's just gossip at this stage and well Pino broke his wife's heart when he had an extramarital affair with a much younger woman and went on to have two sons by her so not all was praiseful when it comes to Pino. Ricardo's mum, Livia, is a sad story. She worked at the radio station alongside him. They did a reality TV show about living as an immigrant family in Australia and even had a stint on play school back in 1971. She's pictured in a newspaper with Gough Whitlam, the connections they had. But she tragically took her own life when she couldn't cope with her husband's affair, leaving behind her seven children, including Ricardo in 1992. It's very sad. Yeah, really, really tragic. So that's the family that raised Ricardo. I get the feeling Ricardo regards himself as an inspirational speaker and is aspiring to be accomplished and respected like his dad, but he's earned himself a disservice and won't be looked up upon proudly by anyone other than his cupilled doomsday cult members, if you ask me. Much like the Jigsaw character, Ricardo is living in a movie and playing a dangerous game. So what's Ricardo's history? According to him, between 1985 and 2004, he was in the Special Forces Regiment and the 1st Commando Regiment. He also, and also headquarters as Director of Capability Development, Future War Planning. Future War Planning, Sos. Hmm. Isn't that interesting? Hmm. The question around what Bosey is up to is touched on in the Dart Unit podcast, and they had us thinking... They make the case that this is supposedly a man who has a history working in defence force and war planning, according to him, who is bringing QAnon-adjacent rhetoric into Australia that has been known to cause issues with national security in America with the storming of the Capitol on Jan 6. Hmm. Does beg the question, doesn't it? Rowan and Ross, boys, you have had some terrific guests on Outsiders, but Ricardo Bosi is the best ever. Talk about straight talk, calling it how it is. No bull, boom. Loads of common sense with a high level of intelligence, together with his background experience. Please get this fella into Parliament. This is from Mrs. Bosie. No, sorry, just joking. Um, and make him Minister for Defence.
defence. Do your viewers a favour and get this gentleman back onto the show real soon. And we've got another one. Ricardo Bosi was brilliant. It is time that every effort should be made to replace Malcolm Turnbull before this country is brought to its knees. What an amazing interview with Ricardo this morning. He should be the Minister for Defence. A lot of people seem to think that. So, glad we got Ricardo on. As I have mentioned before on this podcast, I'm not the political person between Soss and I, and Soss is far more knowledgeable, but I've paid attention to Bosi from pretty early on, actually, because I gravitate to the cooked. And Bosi was on my radar quickly. I didn't know much about him politically, but I can tell you that the movement loved Bosi at the beginning, and I could not understand it. His rhetoric around hanging was next level. He didn't give a shit what he said about or who he offended. And well, unfortunately, the movement ate it up. Our peace and loving, love and light and all of that, subjects sure loved the idea of a hanging. And the media, and what's the next week or so? What's the, the next week or two? What's the story start to come out? Because the media know that they're on the wrong side of this and their controllers, how can I put this nicely? They'll start reporting the truth because they have to. And watch them eat crow. And then watch them go to jail. And then watch them hang by their necks till they're dead, just like they did after Nuremberg 1.0. When after the politicians and the, and the, and the, the, uh, the army officers were hung, the media were next. And I can promise you we're gonna be doing the same in this country because those bastards have killed hundreds of thousands of Australians. <laughs> I wouldn't wanna be on the side of the mainstream media right now after hearing those words, Ricardo. Oh no, they're stuff, they're, they're done. Male, female makes no difference to us. They're all gonna, they're gonna swing. This can never be allowed to ever happen again. And the bullshit line, I was just doing my job. It didn't work in 1945, 46, and it's not gonna work in 2022. That is not a defense, never was, never will be. And it applies to politicians, judges, bureaucrats, cops, you name it, they're all of them. Anybody says I was just doing my duty, well, so am I. As we, we draw a lottery to see who gets to pull the lever. So I can tell you that's the most sought after job that I get. Dear Rick, can I be the one to pull the lever that makes the the, uh, the floorboard drop so when we hang these bastards? These people are serious. They know exactly what's going on and they know what the solution is. And everybody out there who has been part of this genocide of the Australian people, killing hundreds of thousands of Australians, hundreds of thousands of them. And the silent screams of children who have been killed because of smiling media idiots like Peter Credle and Andrew Bolt, Paul Murray um, and uh, Alan Jones and, the, and their ilk. You think they're going to get away with it? And Ita Buttrose, head of the ABC, protecting the pedophiles for decades, they're all for the high jump. If found guilty by a form, formal court of law, and they, my guess is they will be, they can squeal all they want. But once, just watch for the, uh, the perp walk and the orange jumpsuit and the crew cut, because that's what's coming their way. Within 24 hours, our foreign minister, that bloated cow, our foreign minister, was saying, oh, well, you know, the leadership of the, of the World Health might, might be a bit dodgy at times, but essentially they do good work. So I knew I'd hit them hard exactly where it, where it mattered. And uh, Maurice Payne, you know, our foreign minister, Maurice Payne, uh, if we hang her, I'm not sure she's guilty of anything. And if she's not, good luck to it. But if she is, we're going to have to get an arrested cable off an aircraft carrier to suspend the weight. Now, see, that's a rude thing. I say that sort of thing all the time. And that's quite intentional because I'm beyond discussion. I'm beyond a quarrel. I'm not trying to persuade anybody of anything. I'm here to start a fight.
and his views around abortions? Let's take a look at that. But feel free to skip forward two minutes if you don't want to hear this. We don't blame you. Listen to this, folks, and understand this very carefully. I'm now going to describe, and you may have to shut me down here, Simeon, describe the actual abortion process. See, this isn't a clump of cells and women's health issue. Women, you have been turned into cows. They want you to get pregnant. Because what most women aren't told by their doctors is you have to pick a specific sort of pill not to get pregnant. You need either a progesterone pill or an estrogen pill. If you get the wrong one, you keep getting pregnant. But the doctors don't care because then you have to turn up for an abortion. And they get paid for that. And the body parts are then on sold because a baby, when it's aborted, is not called a baby, even full term. It's called medical waste and it's on sold. Now, an early, an early aborted baby is worth, I don't know, 50, 50 odd K, um, full term, half a million. The body parts. They've actually, there are reports of actually keeping babies alive that have been aborted so they can harvest the organs. Now, you don't have to believe me. And in fact, I ask you not to believe me. But just do a search on the internet about full-term abortion and harvesting baby body parts. This is an industry. It's a sick industry. And this is what's happened. It started off as, oh, it's a woman's rights, woman's rights, a woman's right. And all of a sudden, you can't talk about it at all. And now we're killing them at birth. But that's not where it's going to end. Because right now, and this has been going for some time, there's a gentleman called Peter Singer, he's an Australian. And Peter Singer is a bioethicist and animal rights activist. And he suggested that babies should not be granted personhood they're not considered people until they're two years of age. Now, that means when a baby is born, you're going to have sex with it, you're going to eat it, you can kick it around the back garden because they don't have any rights. Now, if you think that's insane, this is the agenda that they've been pushing for some time. Now, the people who know why know why, and those that don't, you're, you've got to go down some dirty rabbit holes before you actually understand this. I'm just inserting a quick note post-recording to clarify here that no... Peter Singer does not say that you can have sex with, eat and kick around a baby. Of course he doesn't. I looked up Peter Singer and he is pro-abortion and he believes a fetus up to two-year-old baby lacks self-awareness and personhood. He also supports euthanasia in certain circumstances for all ages. While this is controversial also, sparking debates all over the place, he by no means appears to be advocating that you can do anything you want to a baby up to two years old. That is Ricardo's disturbing spin to it. Yet again, he is discussing a sensitive issue without nuance to an audience he knows will appreciate it. But anyway, back to the show. He's really not a nice, really not a nice person. At Epic, he took the lead role trying to spur the protesters into action, feeding their delusions and encouraging them that if they just did what he asked, if they just brought more people, they would win. Because if they don't... We don't need everybody, we just need enough. Now, this isn't quite it. What's 20% of 25 million? That's 5 million people. We need 5 million people here in Canberra within a week or two. Five million people in Canberra, the rest of the country, drop everything you're doing. Nothing else matters from this day. We stay until we win. Ring your mates, ring the mates you don't like, ring the blokes you don't like as well. Bring your mother-in-law. Give her a shot. Tell her you love her and you want to see her down here. Which mother-in-law? I don't know. I've got three. 
Folks, we need five million people here in the nation's capital. When that happens, we win. We don't need anybody to speak for us because this is the people's movement. No politics, no politicians, just we the people. Get that number tattooed on your forehead. Five million people. Sydney and Melbourne, get off your tails and do some work. Get down here. We're already here. Not enough. Not enough. Kill them, Rick. Five million people. This is a moment in history which will never be repeated. If we fuck this, we lose. Do you understand? This is our time. We either win or lose. There is no little ground. Those bastards up there are already killing our kids. What do you think they've got in store for us next? This is the last time. This is our last throw of the dice. This is the time we come together. We need five million people in Canberra in the next week or so. Five million. No room. Bring it to a fucking standstill. And the pedophile protecting politicians and the pedophile protecting judges, generals, air marshals, admirals, lawyers are going to be so shit fucking scared they're going to run. Five million people, folks. Five million here in Canberra in the next week or so. We have to make this happen. There is no more after this. You've seen what they had planned for us. You've seen the vaccination camps. Have you seen how they had gas pipes connecting them? Has that happened before? Don't get into the cattle cars and get shipped off like a bunch of cattle and sheep. Now you guys are good. You've got it. That's why you're here. But we've got millions out there that have no idea what's going on. They need to be woken up. You've got about two weeks to do it, Max. We have to win this here and now. There are no more chances, folks. This is it. This is it. The time is now. It is done. We win or we lose. But to keep them full of hopium, he lets them know they're getting some help internationally and potentially were given a sign during their march. Did they notice that? Good morning, Canberra. Rightio. This is the second one. Last week was outstanding. Who was here last week? Just a show of hands. <laughs> I love it. You keep the pressure on, correct? We stay until we win. Is that right? Now, a lot of people are saying, oh, we're not winning. It's too hard. I'm getting tired. I want to go home. I want to go home. It's too hard. Now, some people have got a legitimate reason to go. No problem. We got that. But the rest of us have to stay. Now, we are winning. For those who can know what to look for, we are winning. The signs are there. You've just got to see it. You're not going to get a news flash saying, oh, by the way, freedom fighters winning, corporate bastards losing. <laughs> not going to happen. Now, who saw the message, potential message, I'm not going to say it definitively was, who saw the message from Donald J. Trump as we were marching up the road? Yeah. You didn't see it. Who saw a C-130J fly exactly along our path and then do an arcing left-hand corner over the parliament? 
Now, a gentleman came up behind me and said, here's the track he's been following since he took off. And it came straight from his point of origin, up our path, around Parliament, went straight back home again. That plane had no purpose other than to let you know, and I've mentioned this before, we do what we do with our modest capabilities, and there are much more powerful international forces at play that are working with us to help us win. So, folks, be happy. <laughs> we got this, and we are closer than you know. As we all know, though, the Canberra convoy situation was diffused when Tricky told the protesters to go home, regroup, and come back in a couple of months, bigger and stronger than ever. And despite Bosey's efforts to encourage people to return every Saturday in the millions, the whole thing fizzled out. Well, apart from a dozen ragtag group of so-called freedom fighters holding the line, which really means terrorising Canberra for what has been over a year now and have achieved absolutely nothing. But my favourite thing observed is when he got a little bit more intimate with his followers in a cosy location at the Cali pub. That's the new Caledonian pub in Singleton, where Brad the publican was pilled, in my opinion was pilled by Stephen Sukar in all things common law and has fought the COVID restrictions, costing him thousands in fines and nearly the loss of his business at one stage. Mm. He has a red tin roof with his six-pointed star ensign blazoned for everyone to see that he is indeed sovereign. This pub is now infamous in the circle and a bit of a headquarters for all things Q, Trump and common law. In 2022, they had a meeting there hosted by Carl Leibold with special guest appearances of Bergworth on the live video screen and Bosey turning up in person with his family, arriving for a friendly chat about the recent passing of the Queen and the genocide of humanity through vaccines. We were surprised to find out that Bosey and his children had set up mattresses in their front room in preparation for when the adults in their street died and left all the children orphaned. Jesus. Have a listen to this. Make sure you're ready. Make sure you're ready for your neighbours. Keep spreading the news and get ready to assist because when when the impact of what has been happening for years now starts to hit home, the, uh, the problem is going to be extremely local. And let me give you an example. A wife and I were, uh, were, as usual, just tapping away in the front room doing our work. And it hit me like a ton of bricks. If the neighbours next door, we noticed the neighbours hadn't seen the mum and the kids for some months. And we thought, that's a bit odd. Maybe they've gone home to wherever um, to see the relatives. But then it struck me. What happens if mum and dad just cark it and they're the three kids running around the house with nobody? And then the, the neighbours on the other side, I imagine the same thing, and across the road. And all of a sudden, higher political strategies and dark agendas don't matter. You might have 10, 12, 15, 20 children just in your immediate vicinity that need to be cared for. Now, this is, this is fundamentally important. Be ready for that. And my wife and I discussed it. We're going to clear out the front room, get some mattresses in. And all of a sudden, you've got to get very cold and clinical. All of a sudden, those houses, imagine mum and dad are cocked. There's three kids wondering what the hell to do. They now become resources for you to feed and look after countless children. Now, this is where it gets grassroots, and it doesn't get any more grassroots than that. Now, this may not happen, but be prepared. But hands down, the funniest for me was when he and Carl told the room full of freedom fighters who fought COVID restrictions to stay home. 
to indeed stay inside their homes lest they come across any vaccinants. Yep, that is a word now. Accidents caused by vaccines. Uh, we had an accident here. We saw the news on NBN the other night. There was an accident out here on the highway. A little silver car was driving along beside a truck. It got beside the truck and just did a couple of little sways and then turned left and crashed into the truck for no apparent reason whatsoever. Now, that wasn't an accident. That was a vaccident. And it was caught on, on film. And it got two others. And it got two others. Yeah, sure, he was stuck in the back of it. So these sorts of things are going to start happening more and more and more. There's going to be, well, innocent casualties. Those The unjabbed are going to get hit by people driving off the road, yeah? So we have to be careful. That's exactly the point. Um, I, I alluded to it some, I guess, months ago. You may not want to be out on the street for the next little while because things like that will happen. That's the point. You... you <laughs> Stay stocked up, stay where you are, go out only when you need to and be really safe because planes will drop out of the sky, vehicles will... Imagine, you know, a, a full... I was driving down here tonight. Imagine a full highway, motorway, hundreds of cars belting along at 110 plus k's and half a dozen just drop dead. It's going to be untidy, so be very, very careful. That's exactly the possibility. And I do have to credit Billy for reminding me about this next Bosey clip. When he posted about Bosi, claiming he didn't trust him because of what he said at the Kelly about the battle of the white and black hats in the plains counter-spraying the chemtrails. Billy is a Melbourne freedom fighter and a bit of a larrikin, but every now and then our opinions will align and I'm glad to see some people inside the movement see Bosi for the ridiculous man he is, like we do. Just talking about flights, we're not far from RAF Base uh, Richmond and uh, so we're familiar with the usual aircraft movements We've had the most unusual collection of movements, particularly in the last uh, three, four, five days. Low and slow over our place and uh, elsewhere. Um, again, it's just patterns of, we call it uh, patterns of life, so you figure out what's changing and why. Uh, who noticed um, cloud seeding today? Who noticed the strange clouds that didn't look natural? Okay, just be aware, that's the good guys counter-spraying what the bad guys have been spraying. So there's a battle of the, the sprayers up there at the moment. So what you saw today was actually okay. Now, moving away from his bizarre claims, here is how Bosey interacts with the real world. And again, it doesn't disappoint. See, Bosey had a bit of a run-in with the law when he was fined for breaching COVID restrictions. This led to a court session via telephone, where Bosey had prepared a statement to read out to the judge. And he did, despite the judge hanging up halfway through. He just kept reading out his full statement because the statement wasn't for the judge. It was for the audience he was recording this for. And it was a great piece of performance art that was applauded by the movement, but achieved nothing in the end, and he was still fined for his COVID breach. A couple of points. During the uh, the statement, the magistrate attempted to um, to speak, but I continued making my statement, and eventually he hung up. I continued reading the statement to its conclusion. So thank you very much for your time. Uh, please enjoy. Note that the first couple of seconds uh, weren't recorded, so you'll come in shortly after I actually began. We'll see you at the end. Cheers. I seek no determination of guilt nor innocence from you. I seek nothing from you because you have nothing to bestow upon me. I acknowledge no claim to any authority you might make. You have no standing. You are at worst a traitor and at best an imbecile, the truth of which will be determined in due course when you will experience the law from the other side of the bar table at the hands of the people. 
But you will not be alone. Your learned friends, even from the highest places, will also be obliged to answer for their words and their deeds. None shall escape judgment, and the guilty shall not escape punishment. We know not yet whether you have sworn secret oaths. We know not yet whether you have committed other crimes. But soon we will know all these things and more, because there is nothing hidden that will not be disclosed and nothing concealed that will not be made known and brought to light. Nothing. But it matters little whether or not you are guilty in law, because at the very least, you have by your craven obsequiousness facilitated the brutal destruction of countless innocent people. There is no defense against this moral charge that will stand. Your blind and soulless obedience to your masters who have visited upon the Australian people the most egregious perversions of decency and depravity disqualifies you from any further role in the governance of this nation. You and the entire profession of the law have forfeited any right to my esteem, my deference and my obedience. I will not submit myself to any man or woman, nor any class of man or woman who by their action and inaction have eschewed plain decency and good sense and instead contributed to the most barbaric and purely evil betrayal of the people of the world. By what authority do I speak these words? By the authority that I'm a sovereign being. My life is my life. My liberty is my liberty. My property is my property. And so long as I do not do injury to another's life, liberty and property, none may interfere with mine. I am my own authority, and you will submit to me just as you will submit to other millions of sovereign Australians. We are the only source of lawful authority in this land. Now, before I dismiss you, there is one final issue to be addressed. Only six days remain for you to join with the people against the tyranny of which you are part. If you do not, may God have mercy on your soul in the next life, because we the people will have no mercy on the guilty in this one. Consider this carefully. Now, for the time being, at least I'm done with you, so be gone. But I noticed that the magistrate uh, departed. He hung up halfway through. Makes no difference. Ladies and gentlemen, this is what must be done to bring a country to a halt. This will not end until we decide it ends. We must make governing this country impossible. We must bring it to a standstill. We will not risk life and limb, but we will stop the powers that be from exercising any control over this nation. The reckoning is coming, but you must make it happen. You must stand together. You must bring the country to a halt. This is Ricardo Bozzi, National Leader of Australia One. Thank you for your time. So let's briefly discuss his politics. Now, I'm going to sound really smart here because I got help. <laughs> because, well, you know, politics and me. But what I can tell you about Bose's political views is that he is a Christian nationalist who wants a constitutional republic like America, as opposed to a democracy, and wants the American military to come in his caretaker role while he reforms it and sends everyone he doesn't like to Gitmo for hangings. He wants to turn Australia into America and is appealing to the American Trump Republicans. He wants their version of running a country. He ran for the Australian Conservatives and get this got 368 votes. Wow. <laughs> Australian Conservatives Party flopped and was deregistered shortly after having achieved no results in that election. Aww. Aww. And in Canberra, he had a bit to say about the AEC and you guessed it, out of the 
American Trump Q playbook, Bosi had issue with Dominion machines. For me, it's I want to see the Governor General dissolve Parliament, appoint a new Executive Council, and give us free and fair elections in three months. Because the elections you're going to get in three months are controlled by the Australian Electoral Commission. Now, guess who recommended to the government recently that Dominion vote counting machines be introduced? Who here, by a show of hands, knows what the Dominion voting machines are all about? Well, there you go. Your AEC recommended recently to the government to use Dominion vote counting machines. Do you think you're going to get a free and fair election under these bastards? Now, this is a negative energy. Let me ask nicely. Do you think you're going to get a free and fair election from the AEC under this? Oh, um, but whoever was running the Twitter socials during all of this did a stellar job responding to BOSI right away. We've seen a small amount of claims online saying that we're using Dominion voting machine. Well, that's news to us. We in fact use this. It's a ballot paper, hard copy and a pencil. We run the federal election using the Commonwealth Electoral Act, electoral laws, which do not allow us to use voting machines. So it is disappointing whenever we see misinformation, disinformation, malinformation coming from people outside the AEC about the election process. Just come and check with us. Authorised by the Electoral Commissioner, Canberra. And following that, he ran in the 2022 federal election as an independent and did a bit better getting 3,272 votes, immediately commenting to his wife, Rhiannon, that it was rigged. There was no way he only got that many. I thought it was rigged for him to get more than I thought he was going to get. (laughs) (laughs) But let's touch on his views and what he wants for all of us. If you're LGBTQIA+, this is not good news for you. Biological boys and girls are only allowed in BOCES world and only the biological mother and father are allowed to be listed on birth certificates. So shit luck if you are same-sex parents. He doesn't appear to recognise the plebiscite we had for marriage equality, stating he wants to do a lawful referendum instead. Interesting he put the word lawful in there, which feels like he's implying the plebiscite wasn't lawful. If he doesn't like it, he just says it's not legal. He also wants a Christian state. So if you're atheist, agnostic, Catholic, Muslim, Jewish, or hold any other religious views, well, sorry, but you're now a Christian. My favourite policy is the one where he wants to reinstate death penalty for treason and life imprisonment for sedition which would see people like him and his freedom fighters being sent to death for doing what they are doing right now. (laughs) He wants to repeal the Racial Discrimination Act, Section 18C, and all blasphemy hate speech laws. I looked up specifically what that section is in the Racial Discrimination Act, and of course it makes sense that he wants this. It is so people can be allowed to offend people based on their race, colour or national or ethnic origin singling that section alone in the act. Which brings us to this altercation he had with Sydney rally organiser and anti-vaxxer Yusra Yatim. Yusra is Muslim and confronted Bozi about his time in Kuwait. So no, don't start the discussion. We've had it before. We've had this discussion before, ma'am. Political Islam, cultural Islam, religious Islam. I have no problem with religious Islam. No problem with religious Islam. I have a big problem because you're a Muslim. Because you believe your bullshit ideology. 
ideology. Are you, did you just go it's a bullshit ideology. I'll get it on tape. It's a bullshit ideology. You got you're it? Gonna, it's a bullshit ideology. No, I like to protect children. I like to protect women and children. And your religion prevents the protection of women and children. That is one of the most ignorant statements I've ever heard. What are you talking about that? It's about rights. This man is a bigot. He's a low-life scum. Do not vote for him. He's banking on people's fear. She's giving me more votes. Keep, keep going, love, because you keep talking, the more votes no, I get. No, see, people have woken up with this COVID shit over fear porn. And they're going to work out when they wake up about Islam, when they realise yeah. it's political yeah. Islam, How long were you cultural in Islam. For? How long were you in Kuwait for? Political How Islam. How long were you in Kuwait for and doing what? Why don't you talk like that to the more family like him? Talk like that to the Mullahs family in Lakemba. I bet you they will not. Why, this why, woman why cannot talk to the Mullahs in Lakemba in this way. You know why? Because they were treated very badly. Why haven't they killed me yet? Hey? By your Because you're a useful idiot. Because you're a useful idiot. She's a useful idiot. Misogynistic. We're talking about you, bigot. We don't want to do this. Exactly. You tell him that. You tell him that you low light scum. The way he speaks to her in that clip shows who he actually is, I think. So Bosey claims he was in Kuwait advising the government, which has divided opinions about him, with rumours circulating within the movement about nefarious things he was up to over there. Yushra and Nick Patterson were the ones being vocal about that at the time, making claims against Bosey, but they are unsubstantiated at this point. But his website is dedicated to issues that he is passionate about, such as anti-abortion, 5G, Masons, Save the Children, and immigration. All the stuff that you would think is there. Of course. But here's something that surprised me. I thought Karen Brewer was the first one to bring in the whole 28 pedophiles and the 90-year suppression order thing that Heffernman spoke about. But it's a bit of a race between Karen, who may have been talking about that prior to COVID and hitting our attention, and Bosi, who I discovered talking about that in 2019, pre-COVID. Mm. But what they like about me is um, I talk straight. I don't prevaricate. I've got a position. I tell the truth. I stick to the truth. And I've been raising two very unpleasant issues that both parties need to be hung, drawn and courted for. And that's the VIP pedophile ring that John Howe's uh, Liberal government placed a 90-year suppressor order on. So we got we got VIP pedophiles, including a former prime minister, judges and the rest, that the parliament... And that's Liberal, Labor, Nationals and Greens will not tell the Australian people about it. They're happy to sit there quietly. Now, here's, here's a question for you. You ring up your local MP and ask him, will he move to lift the suppression order or not? Now, what do you think that's doing to the elite, the status quo? They're terrified because the whole house comes tumbling down because the reason they all stay in power is they've all got dirt on each other. But the person responsible for bringing Bosey and the QAnon phenomenon into Australia is Joe Jamal. Joe has been working diligently in conservative politics using social media and working within these fringe spaces to bring this movement about politically to the conservative right-wing side. In the early days, Joe, together with Ricardo and Romeo Georges, aired a series of YouTube videos they called The Ark, where they discussed all things on the right side of politics with a large focus on Q, Trump, and American politics. Joel entertains Bosey's rhetoric and speaks to Bosey as representative of the Q movement. A lot of Q, Q people are very, obviously very upset this last, this last week. And I, I get it, guys. I really do. I've been with you the whole time. I mean, you've, we, this has been the most transparent show. You guys were with me when my dad passed. 
you know, we don't get any foreign money or we don't, <laughs> we don't have any big institutional donors. We don't have any sponsors of the show, even though I'd like one, but we don't have one yet. That's the truth of it. I've been utterly transparent with you. And I finished last year's show um, with Romeo and you by saying the moment I, I'm not transparent, I know you guys can end me. I know that. I'm not stupid. And I like it that way because you keep me accountable like we should be our politicians. But when I tell you that I've come to a conclusion on something, you can tell that I'm being honest and true. Now, this week, you know, I, I've talked about how I've been very discontent with the Q people, and that's my honest opinion. But one of the biggest phrases that I enrages me so much about what you guys have been saying to me this week is trust the plan. Trust the plan. Now, it's not that I don't, I don't have, I have a closed mind to these um, theories that you guys have. I actually have an open mind to it. I, I'm more than willing next week to change my opinion. But the problem is it reeks of laziness. It's, it's like trust the plan. Donald Trump's got this. I can go to the bar and, you know, do whatever the hell I want. Maybe if you're young, go back to playing video games rather than striving. Every week I show you videos of great intellectuals saying it's over. I don't do it because I enjoy putting you down. I don't do it so that you guys get disillusioned. I want to scare you into the reality that I see that we will lose this. We are on a downward trajectory and we need to, we need to dig deep like the Anzacs did when they should have lost in the Middle East in World War I and II. They didn't. They dug deep and they kept fighting and then they came out on top. And that's why generals like Rommel said, if I was to take hell, I'd use the Australians to take it and the, New and the New Zealanders to hold it. That's what we want to strive towards. Now, if you don't have it in you, maybe we don't deserve to survive. That's the truth of it, honestly. You know, that's how societies rise and fall. <laughs> and if that's it, then it's like, so be it. I'm going to fight to the death. And I don't, I, that's, not, that's not a throwaway, as Ricardo says. I mean it. I have relatives in the Middle East who have been beheaded because of their beliefs. So if you're not going to behead me, if you're not going to kill me and pull my tongue out, I'm not going to stop. So save your resources on me because I'm not going to stop. And I hope that you guys feel the same too. A lot of people this week have been wondering where Romeo Georges is. Now, Romeo has pulled back on a lot of what he's doing and I respect his reasons for doing it. He's got a family. I don't. I've got no kids. Um, but he has pulled back and he'll only be on, uh, I think, Telegram and YouTube. But he's been censored on all, on all social media, Instagram, uh, YouTube, 30-day ban, Facebook. So if you're wondering where he is, that's where he is. But you've got to keep fighting. You have to keep fighting, damn it. Otherwise, you will lose this. And, um, and that's the thing. I love you Q people. I, I, you know, we, we, we go back and forth and we have our jokes and fun. But I'm, I'm trying to give you this advice about the reality of the situation so we can move forward because it's the sooner we do that and the less we say lazy phrases like trust the plan, the more you will be encouraged and emboldened to actually do something. We can't do what we've always done. Have I got that wrong? No, that's exactly right. Now, one of the things Bosi is most famous for is the coloured hats. He has oh a God, the hats. <laughs> I love the hats. <laughs> he has a range of hats according to the rainbow and all colours represent the type of people in our society. You have the satanic black hats, red, orange, green, blue, which is them, and then the white hats. The white hats sound pretty cool, 
They are special agents working in the background fighting on their behalf to rid the planet of the evil cabal. Is that an earthquake? Or is it the White Hats destroying a deep underground military base, saving children in tunnels? A plane overhead? Oh, that could be a White Hat, given a signal that they are there and all will be well. Trump works alongside White Hats apparently, and I guess they give secret intel to Bosey too. That's why he always seems so confident that he is winning. He has the White Hats. And as for the other hats, well, we'll put the clip of him describing that at the end of this episode if you're interested, mostly because it goes for 10 minutes and you need to hear it. It's it's fabulous. I haven't figured out what hat I am wearing because he doesn't describe a person who is awake to their nonsense and just doesn't buy any of it. <laughs> I guess that's the it's all bullshit hat, but maybe. <laughs> Although... Sandy, you and I thought we wanted to be white hats, but we sat through the most boring of Zoom uh, meetings two weeks ago where there was an actual white hat there with us. And if the white hats are like that guy, I want to be a black hat. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that was really Oof. boring. That was the king wizard Cheaper. buddy, whatever yeah. he was. <laughs> so now we have caught you up on Guru and Bosi, and who would believe it? The guys are now running for politics. <laughs> Hilarious. I reckon they're just role-playing out their fantasy in the real world at this point. It's not that they believe they will actually get in. This is marketing. Darren Bergworth admitted that was why he ran for the federal election. It was attention. With these guys, all publicity is good publicity. The more people who look their way means opportunities to red pill more people. I mean... I can make this case. It makes no sense that Guru has been placed up on a pedestal to be the face of it all when he's this rough-looking dude who lives on a boat, talks shit all the time, and the jokes simply just write themselves. He is easily mockable. You just have to look at him and hear him. There is no way in hell this guy confront the mainstream society and convince them that he knows anything worth taking seriously. He appeals only to his already converted flock and absolutely nobody else on earth. Earlier in the episode, we heard Bosi call Yusra a useful idiot. Well, I'm here to say that Guru is his. The only reason why Guru gets a mention in any of this is because he has a platform and a pill following and Bosi likes that because Bosi wants a movement of delusional radical people he can direct, which also explains to me why they align with Cossack. Cossack has an audience. He's got whatever he's going on over there. It also explains why Darren is a golden child as he's building up the My Place groups that Bosi can influence also. All Bosi needs are numbers. That's all they talk about, waking up the masses so they can get people they can influence and direct. The people who support Bosi are mere pawns to be played and he has Guru, Darren, Cossack, singing his tune as if he was a fiddler, feeding them stories about a fraudulent election coming up and how they're going to get in and expose corruption within six months, more delusions and more letdowns to come. Absolutely. Here's a little crack up. This is for Bosie and Guru. I don't know how you can sleep at night. Killing our children, it just ain't right. So we're voting for Guru. You're gonna get caught with your pants down. 
And don't you dare come sniffing around. We're on your trail in every town. We're voting for Bossy, and he's gonna get you too. And I don't care what the nasties say. Turn a blind eye and look the other way. It's plain to see you're making a bark out of a children. Oh, oh, cause one day you're gonna get caught. Oh, one day you're gonna get caught. Oh, one day you're gonna get caught with your pants down. Everybody sing it now. One day. Gonna get caught on one day. You're gonna get caught on one day. You're gonna get caught with your pants down. Okay, so today we're actually going to do some a uh, couple of updates. Normally we'll do an update on something that's gone on, but Soz, you and I have been a little bit busy going mm. out in the field. We've been doing field trips <laughs> as if we're at school again. <laughs> They've been really, really interesting. I visited at my place and then we both got together and we went and watched hoodie. <laughs> Amen. But before we speak about the great man, tell us what the My Place market was like. <laughs> well, so you know the My Place markets are open to public. Yes. So I thought, oh, what the hell, I'm going to go down. I actually had a day off on a Sunday and I thought, all right, nice day. And so I did. And I um, turned up at the My Place market and walked in and I recognised a few people right away. I went through the front entrance and said hello, said I hadn't been here before and, you know, could I, I saw they had the market on, could I come in and have a look? And they, they were like, absolutely, you know, no worries. So I started walking in and what can I say? Market table full of crystals and essential oils and all the spiritual things and books and readings and tarot cards <laughs> at one stage I got lost inside so I had to get some help to help me find the actual main part of it anyway it's on three levels the my place Frankston wow yeah so at the top they have uh some areas there for they have like little yoga little sessions and classes and sound baths and meditation and all that which actually sounds all right I don't I don't mind some of that stuff and then yeah you go down you kind of step outside and you go down and then you head, it's like an old workshop. So it's like the garage part, the main part. And there's a little area off to the side. So they had some more stalls. It was just full of stalls. And there was cookies and jewellery, just crystals. Absolutely every, every second table was crystal jewellery. Yeah. And, of course, you know, the big six-star red yeah. ensign flag at the top and the rebellion one, that blue one with the I white hope you cross. Didn't, I hope you didn't contract with anyone. Um, not that I am aware of, but I did, <laughs> I did have a conversation with somebody who came, who found me. I think when they see a new face, yep. you'll get someone, you always get someone who will approach you. It didn't help that I was also checking out the flyers that were on the table yep. that were telling me about COVID being a hoax and mm -hmm. 5G. So he must have saw that as an in. Yeah. Anyway, I had a lovely chat, lovely, oh, lovely man. Um, but, yeah, so I've, I've learned that um, I can detox from my vaccine if I go to um, a red sauna, one of those red okay. light 
things. So that's apparent. That was a new one. I had not heard that one before. Hmm. But I did see nettle tea was for sale. Well, on obviously, one of, the, one of the tables. It wouldn't so be that a was... market without nettle tea. Now, my question is: Did you partake in the hair dryer machine? I did not, but I saw it there. Damn. They didn't seem to be doing demonstrations. I don't know, but yeah, that was there. That was that quantum. Yes. Quantum. <laughs> Well, I just call it a quantum hairdryer. But apparently if you, you, you pay $10, you get 20 minutes of it. That is um, and value. And they'll, they'll, they'll blow the hairdryer all over you. Yeah, and that's then that value. Feel, yeah, <laughs> sure. <laughs> um, but you can actually buy. Now, this was actually really interesting. They had a table and you can buy. Do you remember um, Belly Archie and those? Um, Do I remember people? Belly Archie? Excuse yeah, me. Well, <laughs> Ralph, Ralph. <laughs> I'm a and graduate of the Belly Archie University. <laughs> and, you know, the Shungite bloody um, yep. pyramids, right? So imagine those, but clear. Okay, so they're quite large. They had a few different sizes, but inside, so they're clear, but inside there's all this like copper wiring. Ooh. And I've heard something about this before, which I'll explain a bit. But then they have, um, it was really pretty and really decorative because they had like all these flowers and like crystals inside it. So the main purpose of it was actually the copper wiring. Mm. So that copper wiring is um, there to stop 5G and Wi-Fi frequencies from coming into your vicinity like a blocker. Do you wear them on your head or? Well, they had all different kinds. Well, this (laughs) one was a decorative thing you could have on the side of your bed and probably next to your Wi-Fi Like a salt, Like a salt lamp. Well, yes, (laughs) but not a lamp, but, yeah, (laughs) decorative. But you can buy some. So they had these other ones that were like pendants for your necklace and then they had the copper wiring shaped like a tree trunk and then they had crystals as the leaves. That actually sounds quite nice. It, they were really pretty. I was going to buy oh. one, like I, but I didn't. But I was going to. They yeah, actually. I was nice. like, actually, you know, like. I'm- so you made it out. You made it out alive. That's the main thing. Yeah, yeah. You're not. You're not heading down to Frankston Council next week to wear well, high vis and did sign up. Yeah, and yell. So, <laughs> <laughs> I have been. I have been converted. I'm sorry to say, I will not be doing this podcast anymore. You guys are all assholes. No, I'm just no, 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 no. No, look. Uh, the people I spoke to were really, really lovely. Yeah. I think the stall market people are they lovely, lovely people. One girl, lady there really stood out for me. She makes cookies. She's got like gluten-free and dairy-free and all these things. Nice. And they actually taste really good. I actually really enjoyed it. I did buy cookies from her She's and they're really, really nice. Um, but, yeah, no, the market itself is really, really cute. So, you know, it's a typical market, a little bit, you know, woo-woo, a woo-woo market. Yep. That's all it is. And the people are really, really nice. But when you go to these things, if you just have a look around or you listen to the conversations, it's nothing but vaccine conversations that you'll hear around you. I heard someone talking about a friend of hers who has Parkinson's, but she believes it was it's a vaccine yep. injury. You just look around, you look at the signs, you look at the flyers, you look at the flags up on the wall, you know exactly what's going on here. Like the whole thing just smacks mm. you in the face. But then if other people think- wouldn't know and that's their that's their thing. Like we know, <laughs> we know, but if you were just someone walking past, a normie, a sheeple yeah. who popped into the market. like You would probably think something was weird. You would. Like it, it is 
very much you'd be like what have I just stepped into like is this like a hippie kind of Mm. um, new age kind of market it is definitely hippie and new age Um, but you might miss those little tales yeah and someone's going to approach you and talk to you about vaccines it's just the way it is there yep but yeah, so anyway, that was market. And the reason why I wanted to do that, and it wasn't to, I didn't go in there to troll anybody. Yeah. I had lovely conversations with the people there. I was really, really respectful. And I just really wanted to, because we lot, we watch a lot of this stuff on lives and we listen to what they say and we have an idea of what it's about. But I actually wanted to be going there and so that I could just get a feel. Yeah. And everything that we say about my place is correct. Like yeah. that these are an alternative, yep. Yep. odd group of people. But I was welcomed also because they didn't know who I was, Correct. but I was welcomed. So then yeah. then we ventured to meet the great man. Yes. You know, he did make us wait, which was a little bit rude. Oh we went to the first meeting point of his three-visit day and were accosted by women while we were getting a coffee to tell us, have you come to see Hoodie? He's not here anymore. So we had to hang around for far too long and we were really going to pack it up and go home, to be honest. But we didn't. We stuck around. We even helped some of the people find him. We did. We were very nice. We were. We were. We were, actually. Why did we do that? I don't know, but we did. (laughs) So we moved locations to somewhere else and it was undercover and everyone had brought their deck chairs apart from us and there was some morning tea very nice morning tea, to be honest. They were sharing sandwiches and, and food. Muffins and bikinis. And everything was going around and everything was lovely. Sandy actually mentioned in a tweet today, one of the funny things that happened for us as observers of them was someone went around and said, hey, guys, we're going to be filming today and taking photographs. Does anyone have any issues with that? You know, which we just thought was very funny given how often they're sticking cameras in people's faces and screeching <laughs> about, I'm allowed to pro I'm allowed to film you. We were in public. Yeah. We're so in a public place. That was that was that was funny. So we'll be generous and say there was a hundred people there during the day. Some people were there and left because they couldn't stick around. Some people came late. We'll say it was a hundred people. Mind you, and how late he was, he was actually oh, he was two very hours late. late. He was very yeah, late. Yeah, we waited around. He was very late. But we chatted to a couple of people, which was interesting. We did. But anyway. So we'll talk about what what happened and what he said and then just our yeah. general views. I do have to mention that when he walked in, it was like someone famous had just walked oh in. Oh, my Lord. I was just about to say, when he, when he arrived, it was like the Beatles had arrived. <laughs> yes. They were cheering and clapping and all over him to get a photograph. As were we, by the way. <laughs> we did sneak up for a we sneaky had... little photograph. That, um, that photo is just for us. Just for <laughs> us. Just as a, you know, a memory of the day. So, yeah, everyone's swarming around to get photos and and all the rest of it. And he's... It really was. They, this was their idol. Oh, they Someone they, they were very excited. Yeah. Some of them knew weird. each other. But. Um, some of them appeared to know each other online and this was the first time they were meeting each other face to face, which is also quite interesting. But he started <laughs> he started the day, which again just made me laugh, with Does anyone need to be baptized? <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> no one put up their hands. No, I was surprised by that. So then instantly w- w- 
straight into a prayer, straight into a blessing, a prayer, whatever it was. Everyone had their heads bowed. Some people had their hands pointing up to to heaven. Yeah, there was a lot of by the grace of God type commentary. He was talking about himself and the paramedic, Johnny, a fair bit. Yes. And he did say that pilots and paramedics were in the top 10 most trusted professions in Australia and that he was one of, if not the most experienced pilot in Australia when he retired. There was an awful lot of patting himself on the back at the start. There was an awful lot of self-congratulatory licking his own paws. It, it was very, <laughs> it was very what I thought it would be. And I noticed he said, he goes, when I retire, I mean, Correct. Uh, when I quit. Yeah, he did that a couple of times, that. I reckon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, the rest of the session I thought was what you would think it would be. He he really does think that modern society has been the downfall of the Christian male, which is a little bit yes. of a common thread amongst all of them, that this woke agenda has made, you know, where are all the men, um, you know, and the gender roles are wrong. And in his eyes, men should be allowed to be men and women should be raising the children. He yeah. even went so far as to talk about domestic violence and kind of made it sound like it was the women's fault for taking Perfect. away <laughs> the guy's masculinity. Yeah. And lots of cheers. Yes, Rudy. And there was a bit of, there was a comment, you know, uh, the two genders. Yeah, and everyone laughed. Piked up in the background and oh yeah, yeah, of that too. Yeah. 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 So it was it was what you would think it to be. Look, in a lot of what he says. Like, if they weren't so old-fashioned in the way that they say it, a lot of what he said, you know, he was talking about healthy communities build healthy people. Yeah, and that fundamentally is true. The problem is their version of a healthy community is a mum and a dad with a white picket fence, two kids, the mum stays home and makes a beautiful meal for her husband and the husband does what he wants and the woman puts up with it. That, that yeah. is their ideal of like a healthy community. And that a man has to raise, a father should raise a son that Correct. single mother's not great. So he's not a fan of split families or single single families. He wants old values, the traditional yeah. old kind of way. I've, I was quite bored actually throughout <laughs> listening to it all yeah i was just like so out of touch now they lapped it up because the average age there would have been 60 it was like my parents talking yeah my grandparents talking you know back in my day yeah in the that's, olden yeah. days were the good days so that's how it was well they're all how old did you say did you they were 80 percent women about 65 years old yeah and white uh, all of the, every single person there was white yeah. It was exclusively a white event. And he kind of got them all excited saying, you know, big things were happening, we're going to build community and all this stuff. And I was kind of like waiting for like, oh, does he mean my place or anything? Yeah, I don't he know. Didn't he didn't really, really say. He kind of said, oh, you know, the big things are happening and then oh. didn't really elaborate too much. One thing <laughs> one thing he said 
was that he, and I think he said Johnny, because like obviously they go everywhere together, had been invited to hear Nigel Farage speak. That's right. And they were at some dinner. And when they were leaving the dinner, uh, a very well-known mainstream media person and their producer like came over and spoke to them and told them that mainstream media like watch Hootie's show every time it airs and how mainstream media are like cheering him on for like saying all this stuff because they're not allowed to say it. And everyone was like, gasping and clutching at their perils and going oh my god like and it's like really really (laughs) did they really say that to you hoodie did they yeah (laughs) Yeah, that's right (laughs) how many times do we hear things you're like put that in there that didn't happen basket oh the amount of that never happened that goes on but the only other thing to me that was notable was we overheard some people talking and again they all seem to know an awful lot of people who have died because of the vaccine or are vax injured like they know a lot of people yeah yeah that's just like at the my place market and if any time you're in their space like you're with around these people you just sit there and listen and conversations (laughs) are all vaccine related all of them that they have nothing else to talk to each other we heard a lady say that six months after someone in her family or a friend, I'm not sure. Six months after they got vaccinated, they had stage four cancer. And that was because of the vaccine. Before that, they'd never they'd never had cancer. And then all of a sudden they were stage four cancer. And it's like, or that's just how cancer develops sometimes in people. Yeah, yeah. Like not everything that has ever happened to everyone now is because of the vaccine. So, But I think they get themselves in such a place where everything relates back to the vaccine. They can no longer, right. they, they just can't separate it. It's the answer for everything. And I think it has to because I I think ultimately they just really need to be right. Yeah. They're so far in now that like they can't all of a sudden go, hmm, hang on. Didn't they tell me everyone I knew was going to die by now? So now it's turned to, oh, everyone I know who's sick, no matter what the sickness is, has to be because of the vaccine. Yeah. That's right. It's sad. I find it really sad. So we will try to do more road trips as they as they become available to us. I think I find it really valuable to go and just just be in the in the moment. And I think as well, like we were I mean Sandy said before, we're not there to try and convert them back to not being what they are. It's up to them. I don't care. If people want to believe that stuff, go ahead and believe it. It makes no difference to me. It's more it's a it's a good reminder that we're actually talking about real people who are yeah, being swept exactly. along by people like Hoodie and Guru and Bozy and Monica and Thanos. Like our issues have always been with those people. Not Yeah. Not, yeah. We want to go sit with those people and see what they think and correct. You know, what do they think? What's their reaction to all of this? Correct. And you know, we're not gonna we're certainly not gonna get converted. I mean, we're definitely at that point where we can sit there and listen to these people. I mean, we've listened to so much now. They're never going to convert us. But it is, I think it is responsible for us if we're going to have anything to say about it, whether it's critical or whatever, that we at least try to understand it a little bit. So that's what we're doing. We go in there and just want to understand it, just want to get a feel for it in the moment while we're still half anonymous because um eventually maybe they'll recognize us and they won't let us in there anymore but i i do hope that if they do hear this and they're like oh they're in our space it's like well just know that we're really not trying to be disrespectful well, they didn't, or anything we were in their space we're trying and they didn't, to understand they didn't notice us 
So as long as well, yeah. they don't notice us, then surely they reflect back and go, well, they didn't cause any trouble. Well, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. And we're not, we're not there to cause trouble. Correct. So anytime we do anything like that, we'll update it here on the episode. And um, yeah, I did take some recording, but it's for myself only. Um, I just feel like that's respectful. When I went into the market, I didn't bring my phone out. I didn't want to capture yeah. any fo- footage or anything. It was I wasn't in there to no. garner any content or do anything like that. I just wanted to... F- feel it that's all yeah so sorry about that my content game is pretty low but that's actually not why I'm here no. so anyway so we'll just we'll talk to you about you get our relay of um, how that all went down how do you feel about being called a tinfoil hat category I know how I feel about it especially when I got dozens of freaking recordings to tell you that I'm not wearing no tinfoil hat if they call you a tinfoil hat wearer say Oh, thanks. Um, yeah, I, I'm sure you have really nice hats at your house. So this is the part where Sauce and I share a random tale and today I will go first and I will show Sauce a random clip and then we can discuss it. So in this clip, this is a freedom fighter from up in Canberra called Cass Smith or Catherine Smith. What are the chances of two Catherine Smiths that are equally as weird in this movement, by the way? <laughs> That's right. Okay, yeah, we have to keep these two mm, apart. But mm. this is the financial one, not the QAnon. Well, she's she probably is QAnon, but she's the financial one that we're talking about today. Hi, all. I'm coming to you tonight with a very urgent message that I'm really hoping you will take five to ten minutes out of your day to have a look at. I've been talking to clients one-on-one and running seminars since October last year, warning about what's coming. But now I'm fully booked out for the next few weeks and I feel this message needs to get out to more people than I can get to one-on-one. Firstly, who am I? My name is Cass Smith. I'm from Canberra. I've been in the financial world my whole life. I started investing when I was 14. I bought my first house by 17. I studied the financial world for over 20 years, university, a degree, master's degree, six diplomas. It's all I've ever done. I'm, I'm sort of autistic or savant when it comes to money and financial things and finance and tax, etc. I've won over 50 local, state and national awards. I've written a book and been published in many magazines. So what is this urgent message? First and foremost, I'm not a financial planner anymore. I quit after 20 years, 12 months into COVID. I thought I couldn't speak my mind anymore with that license hanging over my head. So everything I'm about to say is just my opinion. But I do believe it's still a very learned and wise opinion. I feel the share market is about to bust real, real soon. I've been holding off putting a specific month on it until now. But some really alarming material that I've read which sums up everything I've been thinking, has been released by other financial professionals. Note I say financial professionals, not crazy conspiracy theorists. So I was also thinking the crash was going to be August, September, but what I'm seeing now is that it could be as soon as this week or two weeks' time. We're running out of time, hence this urgent message to you all. So what does it mean for you? What can you do about it? Well, firstly, when the share market crashes, and I mean totally crash, some are saying 80%, some are even saying 100%. In the GFC, the market fell by 50%. 
that was just over some dodgy mortgage dealings in the US. It took 10 years to recover. Imagine the crash that can come when the truth about what's really happening comes out in the world. Here she is in the clip I just showed. She is a financial planner in her past life. And this is what I really find interesting is how they marry their past lives and their occupations and turn it Mm. and pivot. We saw it with Lizzie Rose with her psychicness, her psychic stuff that she was able to bring that into her spin on it. This is Kaz's spin is through finance. So she says that she's had to relieve herself as CEO of the business that she ran for 20 years, which was based on financial advice, was a financial planning, accounting or you know financial yep. thing that she was doing. So she had to relieve herself because of her speaking out against, uh, speaking up again about everything that's been going on that she's now awake to. And she didn't want to bring disrepute to her business, so she stepped down. Yep. And then she's gone out and she's done her own version of that with freedom in the title of this new business. And basically she's now catering to the freedom movement. So she has grifted herself an opportunity. So in the in the in the real world, she was probably yeah. one of hundreds of thousands of financial planners. But in this new world in which she exists. <laughs> She's one of not that many. Well, that's right. She's the only one. <laughs> well, she's got a whole new target market to speak to now. That's right. And she's kind of spun it. Now, I'm not going to sit here and infer that she's doing anything illegal. No. She does appear to be quite well. She's been a very experienced yep. in this area. I'm sure she's maybe perhaps skirting a line, but she may not be doing anything illegal. I'm not going to say that she is. I'm just saying that she's going. she's pivoting mm. to serve them in ways that will – that is catering to their belief system. Yeah. So basically she's encouraging people or her advising and her videos. Uh, she's She offers a service where she can help people set up self-managed super funds. And so what that is, it's a super fund like everyone else has. We all have super funds for our retirement, but this one you manage it yourself. Yep. So you can go in and you can put it in any investment you like. And it's usually catered to people who are a little bit more savvy mm-hmm. in the investment side of things not really for new people that don't really know what they're doing. But Kaz will help you along the way. So you set up your self-managed super fund through her, you pay her to do it, and then she will do all the book work for it for on your behalf. You'll pay her fees to do that. And then she's saying, look, I'm not a, I'm not a financial planner, so I can't advise you. She's right. She's not allowed to advise. But in this video, she says that she believes there is an imminent crash happening within a week mm. and she cannot get to everybody before then but she's imploring people to contact their super funds and move all their money out of the market and move it into gold and silver. And we hear these people talking all the time Ooh, about their gold. gold and silver. It's it's a doomsday prepping kind right. of thing that when the market all crashes, we need to have something physical that's worth something. So that's why they're saying buy gold bars. It's part of that common law thing as well about gold standard money. Like that's, yes. that's one of their one of their things like Spiros is always talking about opening up banks where it's gold that you transact not like literal not, gold. yeah literal gold not paper money which as somebody who has uh, I have a little bit of experience in retirement planning you never put your money in one basket yeah. you have to have a diverse portfolio because the market gold goes up and down soup the market will go up and down you diversify your pro, your portfolio to 
so that portions of it will take a hit Mm. here and there, but overall it'll be okay. And when you are giving people advice, you need to know, there's so much more you need to know. You need to know about their risk tolerance and about their plans and how much time they have to invest. Sometimes these people in her audience are older people who are very close to retirement. So really they should not be messing around with their super funds at this point. At this point it should be something that's safe and steady and exactly because they're going to be using it i think it's very interesting just how many people like this not her specific thing there are you know like vexatious litigant has an amazing thread on derek and it's kind of the same yeah derek i'm not a lawyer but let me tell you like what you should be doing and i think a lot of them are very close very close to the edge on this and i also don't like the fact that they are they are appear to be specifically targeting these type of people by telling them exactly like like we believe that the market's going to crash yeah because they've got it in their head that that's what's supposed to happen right and she said within a week well i can tell you it's been five months the market did not crash and then she had another option you could buy properties that was another (laughs) advice but she has, of course, has a property available. Of course. She, they've bought with a group of people, they've bought land, yeah. weather and heights, and it's one of those kind of things that uh, Pete Evans was in. Yep, yep. Night, nighting, what was that place called? Nightcap. Nightcap. So anyway, so that I just thought was interesting. I just wanted to bring that in to, to show that that happens it's, in this movement. Yeah, it's such, a, it's such a worry just how many vulnerable people, and I don't mean vulnerable, I mean vulnerable through their actions and have made decisions based on what they've genuinely felt was great advice from people who are put up on pedestals only to discover they've lost everything. Yeah, that's right. And and another thing that kind of concerns me about this group too is that all of her employees are freedom people, yeah. they're anti-vax people. Yeah. They're Mary Jane Lidicott oh. is one of them and she mm. ran, she's big anti-vaxxer Huge. in this movement. Don't get me started on my Mary Jane Whitaker conspiracy theories. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I don't know. Look, they're probably not doing anything illegal as per se, but I just question maybe what the advice is going out yeah. if they're going to run it off their beliefs. That Correct. Really I think real. we can but question anyway. their personal ethic and moral compass yeah. on that. And I do. Yeah. So there you go. <laughs> okay, my one is like nowhere near as deep as okay. – as yours i have sent it to you in our facebook message oh okay yep all right i'll go find that actually that's not just katie perry that's zoe Deschanel. that's katie perry Deschanel, perry and if you look maybe her eyes are a little lighter zoe katie you see and the thing is is like okay we all do share ancestors you know, but when they're in the industry and they just happen to look the same, it's a little fishy. And here's a picture of them together for anybody who was thinking, you know, maybe they're the same person, but you could actually look it up. They are different people, but they do look too similar to me. And maybe that's just my conspiracy mind. I'm calling it clones because there are way too many celebrities that look alike. So I love that clip. Sandy, I I love this thing that they've got going on at the moment that everyone famous is a clone. This isn't the first, you know, declaration of Katie being a clone. They've also 
been obsessing over some of her antics on stage where it looks like her eye lash gets stuck (laughs) and they're convinced like that that's a glitch in her I heard that apparently she did that on purpose so that's actually part of her act she acts like a doll so that that kind of kicked them off on hang on what's going on with Katy Perry so now we've got Katy Perry and Zoe Deschanel are actually clones of each other because (laughs) no two people could be that identical now please people Zoe Deschanel and Katy Perry have a fleeting likeness in their appearance in that they are both females, they are both quite porcelain skinned, they both have brown hair. That's pretty much it. You you would not be able to look at these two people and go, oh my God, they're the same person. But I just, I just yeah. love this whole thing that either everyone's a clone or everyone's been here before. There's another one, I think it might even be the same guy on his same TikTok, where they've gone, like, I don't know how they've done it, but they've gone back through, like, old records, and they've found that, you know, there was a guy back in 1728 that kind of looked like Keanu Reeves. So now they're convinced that that is Keanu Reeves. And he's time-traveling. Yes, I love, and I just love these TikToks. <laughs> and one thing that's good about TikTok is once you've watched three of them, your algorithm's just like, oh, here's another one. Oh, here's another one. And they get more and more crazy. So, And they must just be thinking, oh, my God, this is a real thing. I'm onto something here. <laughs> no, just your, I love it. Algorithms. So apologies that it wasn't uh, as high, bro. But it was just something this week that made me laugh after what was a hard week. Thanks again for listening to Tinfoil Tales. Sorry they are coming in a few and far between at the moment as we are doing deeper dives for you which take time to gather information while also continuing to keep an eye on things. It's turning into a bit of a full-time job alongside our already full-time jobs and families. But we haven't slowed down at all and we will continue to try to be quicker at putting episodes together. So we thank you for hanging in with us. In the meantime, you have the Conditional Release Program podcast with Joel and Jack the Insider for regular content and you can find us tweeting away on Twitter daily at SOS149 and Sunny Sandy L, that's Sandy with two E's. Okay, so I thought long and hard about this and I got some advice from Sandy and I let her read what I've actually written here because I wasn't sure if I should do this or not, but I'm going to. So I just, I want to take a little minute to just say a few things. And please don't take offence at what I'm about to say, because I'm as guilty of this, and Sandy would probably agree that there's been times when she'll reflect and think, shit, maybe I shouldn't have done that. Yes, absolutely, for sure. But I do think it's time to ask some questions. What are we doing? What What is it that we're all here? to try to do. I get dismayed when I see cookers is trending, but I know that there's other people who watch this stuff are like really happy and gleeful when it happens. Firstly, the term, you know, I'm not a huge fan of it. I know it's descriptive and it's, you know, it's it's a lovely word, but we don't need to apply it to every single person that's in the movement because it just doesn't give any opportunity for light and shade. But the other reason 
is the amount of eyes that our tweets are actually reaching. And not all these people will think they are cookers. A lot of the people will agree with them. And then people like Guru will now get access to a whole new group of people because of us, because we've platformed them, because we've given them names, because we've shared all of their content. And like I say, I do it too. And this isn't about, it's about us as a collective. We need to take a minute as a community and actually say, what the fuck are we doing? Because in some instances, we're the ones that are making them famous. And I'm not saying don't post about them because it's important that people do see what's happening, but you can do it without posting things that just shouldn't be on the internet. We just shouldn't platform Nazis right. or fascists. But if you do find some content that you know needs to be out there, but you don't know how to do it, well then send a DM to someone like Tom Tanaki or White Rose or other trusted sources that you have in your contacts. Maybe it's a journalist. Some of the things that we've uncovered have never been shared on our Twitter timeline. We've sent them in private chats and they've been handled by people way more experienced and credentialed than Sandy and I. I'm not gatekeeping. I am not telling people what they should and shouldn't post. But the shift in the movement to anti-LGBTQIA plus themes and contents, they just don't need to be widely shared. Not because it should be hidden, but because you don't know who'll read your tweets and the emotional harm that you could inflict on that person. At a bare minimum, trigger warnings, content warnings. Just think about posting commentary rather than the video. Just take 10 extra seconds before you hit tweet. That's it. Well said, Sauce, really well and said. I, I, Sandy, I really, I, I don't want to be coming across like judgy and gatekeepery. Like I've really, the last 48 hours, when I went, my, took my dogs on a big long walk, like I really did think, shit, this isn't funny anymore. This was funny 12 months ago funny watching them doing protests with 20 people who showed up funny at reading their stupid signs and their stupid cars painted with anti-vac it was funny the last three weeks it's not funny anymore there's nothing funny about groups of men walking the streets preying on people that's not funny anymore and i think we owe it to ourselves to be better people keep and also to the um, community who are being targeted at the moment it's really has taken a bit of a turn now i don't think uh, it just it feels it feels like we're heading into um some really concerning kind of it's really becoming really dark and so you know all credit to you you have been the first person out of everyone to say hang on a second like can we just take a minute here you you got me thinking even as well right at the start i think i was right alongside you pretty quickly but yeah if we actually want to be here if we're trying to do this for entertainment or whether we actually want to try to make a little bit of a difference to this to the community and try mm. to help you know represent some people who are being targeted here yeah i just i just think you know like we should be being guided now by people who are actually in this community and we we should yes. actually yes. you know stop thinking about what we want and start thinking about what they need and do they right. need us to be platforming this stuff and getting it to more and more people's eyes because the thing that we have to remember right is there's a new page on twitter 
called For You. And it is serving things up via algorithms, the same as Facebook and the same as TikTok. So there will be people now seeing our content that don't follow us. And I know that because I've had comments on some videos where people go, why am I seeing this? Who even is this? I don't know. Why is this come up on my feed? Ah, okay. I didn't know that till you just said it. And that's what I mean. Like, the people who are following us, they know that they're dickheads and they're following us because they think they're dickheads too. But all the new people who are going to be seeing our content, they might not think they're dickheads. They might go, actually, I agree with that guy. Yeah. Yeah. So I've said my piece. I'm not, I'm, I'm not trying to be preachy. I just. So anyway, we just want to pull back a little bit and just be like, okay, let's, let's just, uh, Let's just kind of pay attention a little bit. About like I say, it's, it's, just, <laughs> it's just take 10 extra seconds to go, why am I doing this? Am I doing this because I want lots of comments and lots of likes? Or am I doing this because it's an important piece of information that adds something to the discourse that's out there, whether it be societal, political, whatever it might be. And if you're not doing it for that reason, maybe just don't tweet it. It's okay. Girl still exist. He'll still exist. He'll yeah. be fine over there. And there's still some that do deserve some mocking. A thousand so. percent. I am all for mocking when mocking needs to happen. That Anthony Wave, Anthony Wave, <laughs> wait, gonna you're going to forever be mocked. Please come yeah, back sorry. and give me some content. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, but yeah, let's just try to be a little bit careful out there, guys. Yeah. It's getting a little bit... It's get it's turning, yeah. it, and we we're noticing it. So we've been looking at this for three years. If we're sitting here telling you, or you know, things are going a little yeah. bit um, scary and a little bit scary, um, can we please just um, take that on yeah, board, please, please? Please. But anyway, thank you for listening. Don't just leave yet, though. If you're still hanging around, stay and listen to Brosy speak about the white hats and all the coloured hats. And uh, see if you can figure out which one you are. Bye for now. Okay, bye everyone. We're all awake, correct? Some have been awake for decades and some woke up this morning and went, holy crap, something's going on. We have to figure out how we talk to these people. So let me break it down. Let's imagine we've got a group down here, very bad people. I don't know, let's call them black hats. And let's imagine way up here, we've got another group of people that are very powerful and they're very, very good. Now, what can I call them? Let's call them white hats, okay, just for the hell of it. Now, in between the black and the white, there's a great mass. Now, who here has had difficulty trying to explain to their 16-year-old grandson who's got his face in Xbox 15 hours a day that something's going on? Anyone had that experience? There you go. And who's had that same experience with any member of their family that after about five minutes thinks that you're wearing tinfoil on your head. Okay. Who here has been in sales? There you go. Now, tough job. If you don't sell, you don't eat. And so what a good salesperson does is they very quickly, the first skill a salesperson gets is to, no, it's not bullshit, it's to find a buyer. Does that make sense? Because you don't waste 20, 30 minutes talking to somebody if they're not going to buy. Now, once you've found a buyer, the next step is you've got to find out what moves them, what motivates them. What are their strengths, weaknesses, needs, wants, and sensitivities? And once you find that, you speak a language they understand and you get through. Now, they might, they might buy and they might not buy, but that's not the point. You've got to communicate effectively. So let's break down this for you. Black hats, white hats. Now, think of the rainbow. Red, orange, yellow, green. We got it? What's going to turn the black hats into good people? Nothing. 
So you don't bother. You just get the gallows out. That makes sense? Now, the black hats only get stuff done because the red hats right alongside them are these mindless drones that just do what they're told. They just literally just follow orders, and even if you told them that what they were doing was an egregious crime against humanity, they say, it doesn't matter, I'm going to do it anyway. Go build a concentration camp. Have gas pipes attached to each of the cabins so you can gas them as you go. As long as the contract is good and they get paid, they're in. They're the red hats. Now, how do you shift a red hat? The only thing that shifts a red hat is the arrest and execution of a black hat. Does that make sense? And then the red hats, being the little prissies that they are, even if they're wearing badges and carrying glocks, they cry like little babies and they start spilling on their mates. But that's not our job. It's not our job to arrest black hats. That's somebody else's job. And ladies and gentlemen, it has already started. It has already started. And so the red hats are seeing this and they're being brought in and they're being told, should I be telling you this stuff or not? Okay. All right. Donald, don't, don't, don't beat me up, Donald. It's okay. So the red hats are now squealing like stuck pigs. And they're passing on more information about other bad, other bad actors. That makes sense. Now, that's how you get them. You show them evidence that they're for the high jump and they start talking. Now, they're the red hats. That's not our job. But just so you know, this has already started. It started some time ago. The next set are the orange hats, red, orange, yellow. The orange hats. Now, who are the orange hats? The orange hats, they are the ABC watchers. They think Koshi is the source and font of all wisdom. And if it's on TV, it must be true because it wouldn't be on TV if it wasn't true. Right? That's the orange hats. Now, we all used to be an orange hat at some point in our lives, with a few exceptions. Correct? If you're honest? Absolutely. Until I heard Koshi say, we're in Afghanistan because it's a women's rights issue. <laughs> really? Good. The point says the orange hats. So what moves the orange hats? And these guys believe. These are the people that say, you know, if Scott Morrison knew what was going on, he'd do something about it because he's a good bloke. So what moves the orange hats? Evidence of crime. Evidence of crime. Now understand that when you're selling, when you're communicating effectively, you've got to know what moves them. So you get an orange hat and they see on the news as I said earlier, by those same trusted faces, you remember the trusted faces that we've got to use? That same trusted face turns up and says, oh, look, this politician for the seat of Upper Kambak, the West, was guilty of pedophilia and is being, on, being charged and locked up forever. And everybody watches it and the orange hats go, oh, good, all right, I believe that. I believe that. I believe that. And we're moving them from orange through to where we are. We're way down here. So when you're trying to persuade somebody of something, if they're an orange hat, You've got to use evidence of malfeasance, of crime, of wrongdoing. Does that make sense? If you show them a shaking body because somebody's got a, um, an adverse reaction to the vax, they'll say, oh, well, that's just somebody sick. I don't know what you're talking about. Evidence of crime will move the orange hats. The reason I'm going through this with you is because we, as the leaders of this movement, and everyone here is a leader. None of here are followers, and that's the whole deal. As you, as you lead this movement, you have to start bringing people with you you have to start growing your army does that make sense absolutely so the orange hats 
They believed the news, showed them evidence of crime in a properly constituted court by a properly constituted authority. Now, it's bad news for the common law people. You can appoint all the sheriffs you want, but the people don't believe you. You might be right, but that's not the point. The people don't believe you. Does that make sense? They have a perspective that needs to be met. So if Peter Credlin says somebody got arrested for crimes and they're a politician, that's how you shift them. That's the orange hats. Now, next to the orange hats are the yellow hats. And unfortunately, this is about half the country, if you're looking at the demographics, the yellow hats. The yellow hats don't care. You can show them evidence of crime. You can show them pictures of abused children, satanic ritual abuse, full-term abortion. They don't care. That's just the way they're made. All they want to do is don't tell me, don't tell me, I don't know, I don't want to know. They just want to stay in their little cage, get paid, do their job, get their Netflix, grow their potatoes at the back, but don't, they don't want to know the truth. So that's not going to work for them. That is not going to work. Don't waste your time. Now, you might feel as aggrieved as I do. I cannot imagine someone who isn't moved by the sheer barbarity of what's being perpetrated to the Australian people. But you've got to understand, they are not moved. So you can get angry all you want to, but it's not going to work if you try to sell them the wrong way. So what moves the yellow hats? Fear of losing their little world. They are so terrified of change. They are so resistant to change that they would rather be aware of and ignore these horrendous crimes against us, the entire people, and do nothing. Nothing to do with me. But what will move them is fearing losing what they've got. They must fear what's behind them more than what's in front of them. Does that make sense? So they are feared by the digitization of their land titles and the sale of those land titles to a private corporation. And all of a sudden, you've got their attention. Have you noticed that? You can talk about all this other stuff, but the moment you talk about that you're going to lose your house, they can't do that. They just did. Beg your pardon? What? No, they can't. They just did. No. And so this fear of losing this tiny counterfeit life they've built for themselves is what will move them forward to join us. Understand? Okay. So that's the red, the orange, and the yellow, the greens. The greens are good to go. These are the people who are willing to listen. You don't need to move them. They're ready to go. They just need to know where we are because we're the blue hats. We're right alongside the white. We're the blue hats. We're ready to fight. We're ready to stay here until we win. The green hats are going to come with us. Just find the green hats and bring them on board. Shift the yellow to green. Shift the orange to yellow and so away you go. Does that make sense? This is how we grow the army in a very short period of time. You've got to communicate effectively and efficiently with these people. Speak their language the way they understand it. If we do this, this army will grow. As this army grows, they become more frightened. And eventually, eventually, this will all collapse. Now, we are closer than you think. This is not, we're not talking years. This is not years. We are closer than you think. But you've got to keep pushing as if it is years away. You cannot afford to slow down one bit. Just keep that inexorable forward movement. Keep turning up here. Every camera, folks, every camera. Film it, upload it, film it, upload it, film it, upload it. And it doesn't matter what it is. If it doesn't turn you on, remember, the red hats, the orange hats, and the uh, yellow hats all respond differently. So if you see something that doesn't particularly move you, it doesn't matter if it moves the people. Make sense? And our one job is to win the people. We win the people. And as being said many, many times, this isn't about politics. This is about coming together as one, standing together against them, 
and knowing that they can never, no longer divide us. This is so key. So please, record it, upload it, and communicate with all these people in a way that means something to them. In a way that means something to them. If you do that, you will have more success. And you won't come home frustrated going, bloody Aunt Maud thinks that Bob Menzies is still the Prime Minister and he's doing a bang-up job. That's the, that's the truth of it, folks. This is in our hands.